Mm, no countdown, huh? You just jump right into it. <laughs> oh no! Already, I don't know. I'm already. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Production number two, and just oh, no. <laughs> going in cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> Third time's a charm. You got it next time. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. You'll be prepared. What's up, levels again? Hey, but here we are. Hello. Different levels. Yes. yes. New levels. There's different levels to this. So, yeah. uh, thanks for coming. Of course, thanks for, for being us. here. I'm very, uh, very stoked to be able to do this. Uh, and it's even greater that we got two different it's fresh. members. Yes. Yeah. Fresh start. And uh, it's good to meet you guys. You too. Good to meet you. Um, I am a big fan. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I did um, Shane Gray's show on 88.3 last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he did a podcast episode a while back, so I did uh, his radio show. Uh, and one of the tracks I picked was Mayflower. Uh, we played oh, yeah. it on the, on the air. Yeah, I think I saw y'all post something about that, and we were we shared it in our little group text. We're like, "Oh, this is sick!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was like, uh, "He was like, give me some, uh, you know, some music that uh, is important to you that you've been listening to." And then he's like, "If you got some local bands, let's throw them in there too." I was like, "Yeah, I gotta cool. get these guys." For awesome. Sure. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, it's always interesting to see what song people choose. Yeah, out of our uh, our uh, list of. Or I guess our discography at this point. Yeah, because so. the songs that we like <clears throat> seem to differ from the public's song choice. I isn't guess it, isn't it funny how that usually works out? Yeah, yeah. I find that uh, that happens a lot. Even just like a an album that I'm listening to and someone else is listening to. Yeah, so, yeah, know, it's the same thing. Yeah. And it's strange to get someone else's take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's even more interesting when it's your own music. Yeah, though. when it's your own music. Yeah, I typically like to see whenever we're playing live just how people react to the songs and then kind of gauge that like, oh, well, we didn't see too many people enjoying this song. Maybe we should rotate it out. And then we hear on the other end people like, you know, sometimes it's like the song live doesn't translate like it does on the album to people listening. So it's this weird balance of finding what song works live as well. So we definitely love always hearing like real feedback about the songs. Yeah. Cause we, and it's hard to get like, you're always, your friends are always like, Oh yeah, it's everything's so good. And you need that like real non jaded response of what they like. Sure. So it's hard to find that fresh take. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys, you guys set your playlist a lot on that, on the kind of feedback you get or like do you our, just our live stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah i would say so i mean definitely after like the last couple times of us trying to play uh some of the newer songs we're like maybe not necessarily rotate it out but move it in the set depending on what feels right because if one song has a a slower tempo than the next song it's a weird harsh transition you know and you don't want to play something slower tempo early on in the set because then you'll lose listeners you know you'll lose concert goers yeah so it's a constant battle of finding that right yeah we take that into consideration yeah yeah Yeah. that makes sense Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> How do you? Uh, what about when you're when you're writing an album? What do you take into account when you? Um, I mean, usually when we're writing, we just write what we would want to hear. Yeah. As opposed to thinking, um, this is what's hot right now, or this is what people may want to hear. We just kind of are a little selfish about it, I guess, because we yeah. think what what would we want to hear in a song and we play the things that we like not the things that are necessarily hot at the time or that other bands are doing we have our influences but you know we just we kind of just write what comes to us and a lot of the times it's taken into account what we would play live yep. and how it would translate that's yeah. what i write <laughs> yeah. yeah that's him like yeah. rhythms all the way yeah. and 
we just think how would I, I find myself all the time I'm like how would this sound if I'm on stage so I kind of put myself in that headspace and think about how it would sound playing it live when I'm in the studio where do you take influences from um personally like like bands or anything I guess anything oh shoot open it oh, up uh oh let's get deep you want to go Ooh. first on this one I need some time you to already think. know what I'm about to say I know I knew you knew <laughs> all right so there's this band yeah. Okay, you may have heard of them. It's called Limp Bizkit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. So I take a lot of influence from Wes Borland because I feel like he's super underrated for rhythm and it's yeah. really groovy. And another thing I really like is that he does, it's not necessarily technical, but it's just stuff that it's just not a normal chord or not a normal note that someone would hit here. So I always try to incorporate random notes or slides or bends just weird stuff that like you usually don't hear and i think that comes across in some of our music you hear a lot of like bends and slides especially in the new stuff yeah and like a live performance as well is i mean the crowds aren't the same i mean maybe they are for bigger bands not for us but you know back in the day everyone was going to shows all the time but like i made them watch the woodstock 99 limp biscuit video and it's just like the craziest stuff and like that's that is the performance that i'm like this is why I want to be a band, you know? This is, like, the craziest thing ever. Like, people are just going hard. Like, the music isn't great, but people are just moving to it. And that's, like, my biggest influence, I would say, since, God, I don't even know how long. Middle school, you know, whenever, it's like, Significant Other dropped, mm -hmm. like, way back then. So. And that's all I hear him talking about. Every time we <laughs> yeah. reference something, he's like, it's not what a, would it's not a joke. do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what would they do here, you know? like Or, like... How can we, like, after watching it, we saw some stuff that were like, hmm, maybe we should stretch out certain parts of the song or certain lead-ins, you know, and kind of just maybe freestyle, like, a bass line over it or something. Something cool to, like, make it differentiate from the album. You yeah. Know, what's really funny is I think it was just last week. It was very recent. I was having this exact same conversation uh, at the tattoo shop mm -hmm. uh, about Wes Borland. That's and crazy. How he is very underrated. Hey, thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm vibing with you, man. Usually people laugh when I say, like, that's my big influence, but his performances are amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, and it, it, it's very off catching because when people, just like you said, when people think of Limp Biscuit, they definitely don't think of, of that, you know? Mm -hmm. They just think of that. That yeah. early 2000 sound, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we were all down on a little trip for Rob's birthday. We went down to Navarre Beach, Florida, and while we were at the condo, we were just like watching this Woodstock '99 documentary on the, <laughs> the whole, whole show. thing, the whole and, thing. And we were just sitting there getting hyped, like, oh, we yeah. would kill to play a show like yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. That so. was a yeah. I can imagine even then Woodstock was probably pretty pretty popping yeah mm -hmm. i mean the the set list had like what was like limp biscuit and then rage against the machine and then metallica and oh yeah godsmack was on it like this uh, what, sugar ray seven was dust. supposed to play yeah then. oh seven does yeah. yeah and then like just random people it was like all over the map of see, if you, see if you can find that set list but i think we saw that tickets were like 150 bucks for the weekend or something and that would have been a deal yeah for 150 yeah bucks. i think we just looked up like woodstock 99 uh lineup lineup yeah and there was some like pretty crappy website that had it but <laughs> uh oh let's fat boy slim dmx wow yeah some yeah people you and would then, never uh, imagine what p diddy was like watching Limp biscuit set while they were playing <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it was like kid rock and p diddy next to each other so. standing backstage yeah 
Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Jewel. Wow. That's some funny. Yeah. Some of these are, are not what you would think. Exactly. No. Which I guess really that's what Woodstock is, right? You just yeah. throw everything into a big bowl and see what happens. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, everyone seemed from the videos that everyone was just enjoying all the music where I feel like it's very, it's not as supportive as the ones that people, are, I guess, aren't open to all types of music anymore. So I, I don't think it does as well. I think like two bands kind of in the same genre do well, but like this type of lineup, I don't know if it would do that well. I feel like you'd get people just moving around oh, to yeah. other, other stages or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. don't get like one stage everyone's going to be there for every band yeah i noticed a lot that there's um most festivals are kind of dying out except yeah. for most of like the electronic uh or or mm -hmm. super super folky in the u.s you know for I mean? sure very very genre specific yeah yeah uh stuff which yeah. I, I find a little strange yeah i think from what we've seen the u.s is definitely currently on a big you know, electronic kick still folk like you said uh rap of course is like the biggest thing anytime anyone puts out a rap song it's like number one on youtube trending like you've never heard of them before but it's instantly number one yeah and with rock and metal i feel like it's just all moved overseas and you, know, you still have like rock and ring and uh, empiricon yeah download like you have a lot of the big metal festivals still surviving but only outside of the u.s yeah so it's yeah. really interesting to see tech fest tech fest yeah. yeah in the uk yeah tech fest yeah. yeah it's like a three-day camping metal concert i guess nice. so it's i mean i guess it's like woodstock but i was over there in 2016 and i saw like uh novelist play their really popular genti metalcore melodic band and then um between the buried and me headlined and so Nice. I was only there for one day, so I don't know. It was cool to see something like that. It was like an equivalent to an EDM festival, like a weekend event, but it was all heavy, heavy bands and rock bands. Mm -hmm. That's pretty rad. Yeah. That's it's hard to picture like a bunch of metalheads out camping too, though. I yeah. know. In, right? in my brain, yeah. yeah, that's a hard sell. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like that is a niche category of people who just like die hard go camping. So. Are they out there just eating like, like canned meats and stuff, <laughs> not cooking on the fires? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of kind of strange. It does <laughs> seem like uh, Europe in general is a lot more open to a lot. I don't know, a more expansive group of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I know uh, one of my good friends. He uh, he married a girl from Portugal, uh, so they spend a lot of time over there. And he said that uh even the the electronic music over there is even so much more uh, prevalent than it is here uh, he was really surprised about that and then they'll party all night long until 10 o'clock the next morning you know what i mean and just wow. these underground uh spots but and i noticed you know there's a lot of uh american artists that have been going you know over there more in general yeah um i've the, heard I've heard from uh, people that have come to play shows in like Hot Springs and stuff, like a few smaller bands. I can't think of the name of this one I'm thinking of, but um, he told me whenever they played in Europe and Russia and all that, they were treated like rock stars. Yeah. And they come play over here, and there's like 15 people at a little shitty venue. Yeah. And they're just like, man, you got to go tour Europe. That's the place. Yeah. Who was and it? Was that a. Uh, it was at the building. Convictions? No. 
or well, bloodline no i can't it was um oh, that band, i remember the conversation that band jordan talked to and he was like they're from boston or something and i bought their shirt and it has like the red on it with the snake oh you remember this i, I do remember <laughs> this yeah i want to say it was at the traders show mm-hmm. maybe that's know. gonna bother me i don't know yeah Anyways, Love they're a band that, that I'd never heard of in my life until we played that show with them. And then they were telling us about their experience in Europe. And they were just like, you go over there, you get paid good. Like, a shitload of people roll out to the show. Yeah. And, like, they'll put you up in hotels and stuff. You get showers every night, get fed well. I'm just like, man, I need to get out of America for a second. Uh, <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that's the that's the gig. Mm-hmm. And I know, uh, which, of course... Paul Bear is huge over there comparatively, yeah. which they they do well here just mm-hmm. because everyone knows who they are. But, right. Yeah. Uh, I heard over there they are significantly raised up on the you know the ladder there, and yeah. I know uh, White Mansion in Fayetteville they just signed with uh, some some record label over there. Really. They're about to put their uh, album out with them. Um, actually, I think they just they just did pre-orders started pre-orders today, and it's everything's in euros because it's all coming from over there. Wow. Just just to solidify the whole scene over there even more. That's cool. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Which is super surprising. The label we used to be on, they signed a lot of bands from different countries. I noticed that. Like, they had a band on there called uh, Windrunner, and they were from Vietnam, I want to say, or mm-hmm. Cambodia. Or, really? Yep. Yeah, at least yep. they toured around that area a lot. They might be from the <clears throat> Philippines or something, but, like, I think they were direct support for Amir when they did a, a Southeast Asia tour and i don't know like our label seem to be picking up a lot of out of uh out of country bands mm-hmm. uh, unified is doing that too they were uh i don't know if you've heard it. it's unfd they're a really big uh australian label but they're starting to pick up bands like they just got like moths to flames from the u.s so they're i think they're solidifying their ground enough to start pulling bands outside of their own country as their main label which is pretty crazy to think like a band in the u.s would rather sign to Across the world, yeah, because they're providing more opportunities for them. Yeah, so yeah. I think that just goes to show that people like you can still be in the U.S., but you need to keep your options open on you know your management and who your label is. Because usually, like booking agents have a U.S. contact and then like European contact, but now it's like man, that's just your main contact is one person now, and it doesn't matter where they're at. Yeah, the uh, that's an Australia is another place that I've noticed is blooming uh with with some good music yes yeah. especially on the harder end there's some there's some absolutely really great bands some of my favorites who do you uh, like from over there uh of course dz death rays um violent soho is great um there's another one that i'm a really big fan of uh that i'm going completely blank on right now <laughs> i do that all the time Man, especially when I'm trying to make a list, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there's there's so many over there now. Yeah. yeah, I think they're doing a good job developing bands because, like, North Lane is huge, and they're, like, selling out different country shows, but they're just on Unified yeah. from Australia, and they have, like, all those other bands, like, was it Alpha Wolf? Alpha Wolf, Parkway Drive. Parkway Drive. Devastator? Yeah, well, yeah, I think so. I think they're from down there, yeah. But they're not on Unified, but they, like, they play Tech Fest. Right, so they flew them all the way out to TechFest, but right. they're just—it's—it's it's one of those times when, like, you know, when a band is on Unified, 
that you're you expect like man there's gonna be they're gonna put out some quality stuff yeah there's so, a bar set yeah there. it's like any major label i think is the second you get moved up to there you're instantly just boom you are top quality so it's exciting to see the the bloom down there you know the bands you listed completely different than what we know but they're both big yeah like it's crazy and if you think about australia there's so much just like dead space on top and yeah. you know it's all happening down in like sydney in that that lower area see so, that's that's what i find so interesting like europe in general makes sense because everything's so close yes. you can hop so it's easier to mm-hmm. build those crowds you know what i mean yeah australia it's like you said there's so much dead space there's a few major cities right there along yeah. the coast yeah uh, so it's very surprising to me yes. that it's so popping there. Yeah, yeah I've, every band that I know from Canada too, they tell me like once you get to past, oh, I'm drawing a blank here, but I think Manitoba, like the province, then you got to drive like halfway across the country to hit, you know, Montreal and Quebec and all that. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's hard to play whenever there's not a tight uh, city, city limits and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, do you uh? So when you guys have done uh, some of the tours you've done, uh, have you tried to keep them close in general, kind of grouped together when you when you guys book shows? Well, it's actually kind of hard being in Arkansas to like to, to get out and say go tour California because to get there, the nearest market that I would say aside from like Tulsa maybe in Oklahoma City, you got to go to like Denver. Yeah, and then once you get to Denver, then you can start, you know, playing cities that are like five or six hours away. But from Tulsa to Denver, if you did that, it was like nine hour drive. Yeah, and so even if you stayed in Texas for your whole tour, you still have four or five hour drives to the cities that you want to play at. Yeah, yeah. Texas is just a big in one stretch. state. Yeah, and we try to keep it to about six hours max as a drive, but. Yeah. If we really want to go tap into some new markets we've never played, like we have to just bite the bullet and make a long haul, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like on our first tour, we went all the way to Los Angeles. And so, where do we st- We started in Texas, right? Yeah. And then uh, went through the, the southern part. So, we went through, we did Texas and then we did, I think, New Mexico. Like we just followed the southern states. There. Yeah. Yeah, but we were in Texas for like four days, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it felt like long. we were just circling around in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Finally broke out of that, and our AC broke. I'm just going to mention that. That was terrible oh, <laughs> in the summertime. In New Mexico. Yeah. And so once you get out there, though, then you're driving on these huge stretches just to get to the next town. And, yeah, it doesn't help being from, like, the Midwest and Arkansas because there's just nothing yeah. really, no big markets surrounding yep. us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not much going on really. Yeah, out. Arkansas is kind of a little uh, little island on yeah. itself. You yeah. know, you yeah. got a few hot spots, but other than that, it's we're all. forgotten about quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. We're usually like, if we do get a band coming through, it's like a routing date to either Dallas or Memphis. Right. It's It'll, not like, man, we can't wait to go to Little Rock. Like no one says that. You right. Know? And it won't be the full tour package usually. It's nope. like if there's a huge tour. Would say, I don't know, like August Burns Red, Devil Wars Prada, whoever, you know, like a big mm-hmm. stack tour. Mm-hmm. One of those bands will stop by Arkansas, maybe yeah. if we're yeah. lucky. Yeah. But we do have, I mean, we have a really big fan base once people are here. Like they show out and we'll sell out, you know, whatever venue it's at. Yeah, but a sellout in Arkansas is like like 500 as compared to yeah. 1,500 in Dallas on that's a Saturday. True. That's true. Right. So that's the market in general. Yeah. yeah. Really, that's. As much as I, I enjoy it here, that's kind of Arkansas in general, yeah. in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. Everything's yeah. just a, a touch smaller, slower, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. I think bands coming through, if it's a Saturday and they need a date, they would rather route to like maybe Memphis. It's a little bit bigger, or just go or, spend the day in Memphis or go, yeah, of, yeah. try to play a show to you know fifty people. Or yeah. if, they, yeah. if they had to choose between <clears throat> Little Rock or Dallas <clears throat> or Little Rock and maybe Tulsa, even like they'd probably pick those as opposed to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. well, For not sure. not only can they draw a bigger crowd there, but there's there's more to do. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more options uh, to kill time, food-wise. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, I, I, it makes sense, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. And the, the problem with it is Dallas, Memphis, Tulsa, we're, we're just in a stretch far enough for those that it's – they're like, what what's the difference in three more hours, you know? Yeah. 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 Very true. Especially when you're making, you know, eight-hour drives. If <laughs> We did this on our first tour, I swear, like – an hour out of the way on a normal road trip, you would be like, hell no, not doing that. That's a whole hour. Right. But when we're out there and we're like, man, the Grand Canyon's like an hour away. That's nothing. We're yeah. Like, yeah. We'll just, when you're already out there, you know. Yeah, we're already What's out another there? hour? You and know? you got the time to kill usually at that point yeah. anyway, yeah. so why not? I, I found that really funny uh, on that first tour, just how much we just disregarded time <laughs> for the most part. Well, it was more of a vacation for the first tour. That's, yeah. that's the way we were treating it. Sure. So... Yeah, I could see that. The you, you're getting away, you know, yeah. and you get to it's a like a like a work vacation. Yeah, yeah. It's oh yeah, fun, you know. Yep, you every tour is it. a working vacation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's one of those sweet sweet deals with yeah. it, with it. A little bonus. If only time off was unlimited. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys do uh, other than music? What's your real gigs? Uh, I do so I do cybersecurity for uh, a, a big bank here in well in Little Rock. Nice. And uh, that's kind of been a new field for me. I, I've always done computers, but I've moved from like normal repair to I got my degree for uh, networking and telecommunications. And then I got this gig and I've just been like exploding on all types of things, like not just cybersecurity analysis, but like coding stuff to make tools to, in order to make it easier for uh like the low level people like me to work the tickets and stuff like that and uh taking on jobs and uh, that is something that i think well the future is going like remote like work from home so mm-hmm. i think if i stick with that that's kind of lead me to be able to work from home and that's what i'm going to want to do so that way we can go on tour and i can just work from the van or whatever yeah so i'm kind of that's that's been my thing that i'm the first time that i've actually got a job and i'm like man this is sick like i can see like a future with this yeah so that's the one thing that's been exciting other than that i like i buy and sell like electronics and flip them fix them computers video games whatever nice that kind of stuff it keeps me busy that's a see that's the way to go like a hobby gig absolutely yeah. especially as a side gig oh yeah 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 you got to nowadays it's hard it's like just your paycheck doesn't really pay the bills anymore i know, you know? right so yeah. you got to find a side hustle yeah what about you i have been in college for the past seven years now yeah so i got my film degree in uh at uca so bachelor's of film i guess is what it is and now i'm going to grad school there so i'm on my last year i have to shoot a thesis film and i've just kind of been like working on that side of my life for the yeah past seven years and um along the way i I do a lot of wedding videography as of lately and so me and my fiance we uh kind of she does photography. I do uh, wedding videos, so we have nice. like this cool thing going. The one-two punch. Yeah, man. So <laughs> package deals, one-stop shop. Um, been doing that. Been shooting music videos and 
uh, like promotional videos with people. So I work a lot with Hayden Valentine. We like kind of throw each other gigs if we aren't able to be there. So I do a lot of side hustle jobs too Mm -hmm. here and there where I can. Um, Also record bands. I have a studio out in BB, just moved out there. And so I record a mix and master whatever people can send me their tracks where they can come and record with me nice. and yeah so i've been i've been doing that you guys uh do you guys record there yeah we yeah, um, colossal colossal recordings is the name yeah. of it and yeah we record we've recorded everything from the start there and we typically send it off for mixing and mastering to like a third party so right we've worked with uh randy pascarella he's in new york he's done bands like if i were you and currents, currents. yeah um, and then he, he mixed our first single ever. And that was kind of our first taste of like getting outside of Arkansas to get something produced. Cause we've always gone to studios here or tried to DIY it mm-hmm. and we just mm-hmm. were, it was missing something. Yeah. And so we needed to get that quote unquote professional sound on there. And it really, it kind of like set us up to want to do more like that in the future. And so these last two singles, we, recorded the drums up in Fayetteville at crisp recordings and then had that outsourced. Then we recorded guitars at my house. Then we went to Ozark and recorded with Nathan close and he's been doing a lot of stuff with like go for gold and past comfort lately mm-hmm. and, uh, did all the vocals there. And then we brought it all together and sent it off to one guy in California, uh, Jeff Dune. And then he mixed it and mastered it, put the magic on it. So it it just took a lot for everything to like happen all over the place and come together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, to make it happen like that. Yeah. It's a really cool time to be an artist because it's so easy to record stuff yourself. Like, you know, anywhere from rap, you just get a beat produced and then you go and record, you can record it on your phone if you wanted to, you know, right. And you just upload it. But for us, it's amazing that we can do a lot of the stuff in house and it be sent and them not say like, Oh, we need you to redo all this because something's wrong. It's like, you just plug it into an interface, record it, send it off, get it edited. And then they slap the, the tone over it. I feel like, I mean, I thought this myself when I was, you know, first starting to be in a band and wanted recordings. I thought you go to a studio and that's that, like you're mm-hmm. in one place, you just spend you're your gonna, time there. you're going to sound like, what they can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's a very limited thing whenever you can go out and find different people to bring into your record. And so it's like a big collaboration of people that are completely outside of the band. Yeah. Unless you have enough money to go in and sit and pay that recording time. And then you get the production and have him produce your album. And, and that's the only, to me, that's really the biggest difference between recording it yourself and recording at a studio is you don't get that input while you're recording it from, the actual engineer right Right. yeah so if you're willing to forego that man it's so easy to put out music nowadays quality music yes which really uh sometimes you don't even get that great of direction from a a studio engineer right i've been there yeah so i mean that especially if it's not someone who is uh you know in your lane so to speak if your label's not paying for it he's like well I'm already paid by them. I don't really have any label to talk to afterwards. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's just you guys. So yeah, that's a. I find a. It, it's a. It could be a bit of a double-edged sword though, because the technology has made everything so much easier. Yep. And and so much greater, uh, which is fantastic for for anyone that wants to do anything. 
but at the same time, I feel like that's part of um, a bit of the downfall because now everything is so saturated. Right. Uh, there's just it's it's hard as a music fan. It's hard to even keep up with the the artists that I do like. Yeah. Uh, let alone trying to discover new artists. Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you, it, it makes you less um, less valuable because if you if you were in a band that could afford like these really high quality productions, it kind of set you apart from the rest. Right. But now everybody that was back here is finally like catching up to that good quality production. So there's a smaller gap that sets you apart from you know right the the newer bands. And it's already a bands. saturated market for the type of music we play anyway. So. Like he was saying, when used to it would take really good quality recordings to stand out from other bands, and now it's social media is like the only way to really stand out, you know, other than a live show. But yeah, how many people leave their house nowadays? Yeah, not that many. <laughs> right, people find not every excuse. Ah, I don't know, my elbow's bruised. I don't know if I want to go to this show tonight. You know, I'll just stay yeah. in and watch Netflix. Yeah, you know, any could, excuse they can use. If I could just tell people one thing, it would be just like get out of your house and go to a show yeah that's all that we would want i find some of my favorite bands by just going to the show and watching the openers you know yeah that's that's one of the coolest parts is and i try not to ever like listen beforehand just go and get that full experience because if you if you're good live that's all i care about yeah Yeah. i I can't tell you how many times that i've heard a band live and it's just it blew me away so much like i wanted to listen to their music yep. as opposed to just hearing their recording yeah same and i've i've, I've gone the opposite way uh, even in in the fact that there was a band that i didn't care that much for but their performance was so magnificent as well as a band that i do really enjoy and their performance was so boring <laughs> and, and lackluster like, turned and off I'm just oh, over it yeah uh, we actually uh, there was a uh, there's a Oh God! I'm gonna call them a chick band, but they're just yes. uh, some some rocker chicks uh, mm-hmm. that we were into. We went and watched them down so in excited. Dallas. I like begged you to go to the show. Yeah, she's a huge fan of them, so mm-hmm. we went and watched them, mm-hmm. and it was one of the most boring shows I've ever seen. Oh man, it was it was very disappointing, uh, and that and that sucks, you know. Yeah, that sucks. It does, and that's why that's why live music and your performance is so important. Back to the West Borland uh, thing, you know. Yeah. His his shows are the the performance from him so good is yeah. just so good yeah so always good. a different he always has a different outfit on different moniker for the mm-hmm. time yeah and we were talking about that yesterday is how you know people have is actually because we were listening to Guns and Roses and we were talking about how Slash like nowadays that look is stupid like the stupid hat and stupid sunglasses and right. stupid cigarette but like but he it, owned it he owned it and he marketed it's such a marketable thing in West Borland. He always had something. It wasn't always the same, but you knew that he was going to have a cool outfit or a cool face paint or something like that. Yeah, something set him apart. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we thought that was cool. But. Which is, and to tie back to what we were talking to again, uh, a way to set yourself apart now yeah. in such an oversaturated market. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially to any crowd you can draw when people actually do come out of their house. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which I think is another thing that, that the technology is a double-edged sword, too, because I think that's part of the reason people aren't getting out so much because you got so much to do at home that mm-hmm. you're available to you, you know, mm-hmm. right at yeah. your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So it's it's everything gets so much easier, but at the same time, other things, you know, just fall off or yeah. it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But that's the way it goes, I guess. It does go that way. 
It do be like that sometimes. <laughs> it do be. It do be. So, uh, what are uh, what are some of the places that you guys have really, really enjoyed that you guys feel like uh, uh, really get into the performance that really, really come out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I would say the sound quality of venues has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Bass drops. Yeah, if we can feel the bass drops. Yep. There you go. They got to hit. They got to shake your core. One of my favorite venues we played at, and it was just an overall pretty good experience, was um, Twist of Lime in Louisiana. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. in Metairie. Metairie. Right? And the sound guy was just, like, on it. He he had the iPad running around, setting all the levels and stuff. And it sounded really good in this little tiny room. It was like a little club, you know, a little bar club. And uh, it just really helped us put on a good show, I feel like, because we had good monitors and good front of house. We you had could monitors feel it. in general. You could feel it hitting. <laughs> oh, we should get into that later about our whole monitor. Yeah. Our, yeah. We just upgraded, so we're stoked about yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, my favorite place we played, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I don't know. I'll think about it. What about you? Uh,. Just sound quality wise, or just like I was thinking sound quality wise, because definitely my favorite show we've ever played was the Attila show. Yeah, I any show that Brian's ever run sound at is my favorite show, yeah, because that dude kills it. Uh, at Brian Walker, yeah, he's the man. Uh, I would say that anytime we play a stage that's not shaped like a triangle, I'm sure. excited. <laughs> anytime I have anytime I can play on the stage, I'm I'm really excited. Well, I guess personally, anytime we have a stage that has room because I like to jump and spin and run around and do stupid stuff and I need I need room to give that live performance that I want to give. You guys personally. have a you guys have a five bands five band uh right. set, right? Yes. So yeah, things get cramped. It could get most yeah. it could get tight. And I'm the only one on my side of the stage too. So like I already have more I have double the room than than Rob and Jacob do on their side. And I yeah. still like if there's just one cable on the ground, I'm like I kick it away right before I play <laughs> cuz I'm going to pull it out, I'm going to trip, I'm going to do something. You know, I a lot of times it, it's I've never been on like a actual nice stage playing, mm-hmm. but uh a lot of times when I like to go to shows uh or when I go to shows, I like to watch uh, the band setting up because I think it's fascinating when guys do that. It cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Like they'll have, it'll just be like one chord and you'll watch them just kick at it. Yep. And yeah. then a little bit more <laughs> yes. until there's nothing there. And yep. I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be a good show. Yep. Yeah. They're prepping. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what happens for me. I, I think I figured it out. Okay. Tom Cats West. Ooh. That's yep. sick. They got the sickest That's sound sick, there. Yeah. You're right. Where's that at? Uh, it's in Fort Worth, Fort Worth. Okay. Texas. Yeah. And they have it. They have this sick setup. Like you load in. There's all these shelves over on the wall, and so you load all your gear into that, and it's very strategically planned. And then the sound system there is just off the chart. Like yep. it hits so hard, you feel it in your brain, in your chest, everything. Mm-hmm. And then they do some snare bombs on the snare. So when the snare hits, it's like <laughs> just explosive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It really gets me into the feel of this of the music when it's as close to the record as it can be live. Yeah. yeah. So that's why people carry a front of house guy with them. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do uh, have you guys ever? No. That's a that's a nope. extra spot you got to fill, right? Well, we're uh, or you got to find extra space for. We're we're kind of taking it into our own hands a bit with the way our our new setup. Yeah, our new setup yeah. is. So we run everything that we do on stage through my laptop and so like our guitar tones our bass tone 
and now we're even going to start running vocals, vocals through it. So everything comes in through an interface, and then it goes into the computer into Cubase, what we use, and then it gets like processed. So we get the you know the cab uh, simulation on there for the guitar tones and bass. We have this um, dark glass, dark glass, dark glass yeah. plugin for bass tone. It's like top notch stuff. Yeah. And then it all, we send it out of the back of the interface. So like the, the computer's kind of like a router as well. Mm -hmm. And so the interface can send out the signal out of like a line. And then we run it to all the things we need it to. Like one guitar goes to the power amp. The second guitar goes to the power amp. And we're also able to use um, a tube amp still instead of mm -hmm. having, you know, because we didn't want to sacrifice the tube sound for running like a like solid state power amp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he found a Mesa 290. From the 90s. From the 90s. Yeah. And it's a tubed power amp. So you get that Mesa tube sound. And it's you, basically like a dual rectifier. Yeah. It's got it's got two preamp tubes uh, and four power tubes per side. So it's 90 watts per channel. 90 watts per channel. So wow. we can run two guitars on it. It's freaking yeah, sweet. It's sick. And, uh, and it's got a presence adjustment on it so you can warm those tubes up even more. And it, it's just like the perfect complement because we switched from PV 6505 plus amp heads to just that. And it sounds incredible. Yeah. And and we didn't want to get rid of that tube sound. So this mm -hmm. was the perfect uh, com uh, compromise. Yeah. Interesting. I and found it for a really good deal on eBay. Like our we were talking about this. Our whole rack is like we didn't pay retail for any of it. No. We were always like used on Amazon or Wheeling eBay, and dealing. Facebook nice. Marketplace. You know, it's all budget. And then once we find that it doesn't fit our needs, we just upgrade to something. But still have not paid full price for anything. Yeah. And so the guitars run to that. We can run two guitars off one power amp. And then we just send it to cabs. And the benefit of that is that all of our guitars are synchronized to a click track. And we all play to that click track. And so the guitars, as we play, they just switch on a dime. Like they switch to a clean tone. They switch to a lead tone. You can mute it on a dime. Everything's just clean cut. Wow. It, it's, it's, it was game changing. Future. That's very streamlined. Yeah. yeah. No, and, no tap dancing with pedals when you have to switch to a... Uh, a lead tone which we don't do too often but yeah we're able to take advantage of uh you know endless op endless tones as long as because you know if you have pod farm or if you have another type of what, what, what do you call it a vst any kind of plug -in. any kind of plug-in you can use it you, so if we let's say like you know we have this one little part in this one song that we need this tone on it's like i don't want to have to have a pedal in my chain just for like two seconds you know yeah so we can just throw on lo-fi yeah something. yeah you can you can and you're always on the cutting edge because you don't have to go buy a new amp head every time it comes out. Mm -hmm. If somebody comes out with a new amp simulator of that, you just update your computer mm -hmm. and you got the new thing, yeah. the newest, latest, and greatest. Wow. That's exciting. And we're about to start doing that with vocals. Like he was saying, we can add reverb. You know, we can add... Uh, yeah, getting back to mixing our own sound. Yeah, we yeah. have We have more control over that because... I can send my vocals into the interface and then I can hear them in my inner ear monitors and the front of house guy can still either mix it or I can do some pre-mixing and he'll already have like a good foundation to go off of instead of having to completely rely on him to do the whole job. Wow. Yeah. And we could also patch change the vocals. So if you wanted to do one part where it echoes out for a while, you can just turn that on while it's going instead of the sound guy not knowing our set, not knowing a great time to throw reverb on the vocals or throw yeah. 
whatever on it. We have that right. done. They That's just, what I was. They yeah. just plug in. And I'm, I'm sure on a tour, it's so inconsistent with sound guys anyway. Oh my it God. Is. So it this is. just. Sometimes you don't even get a sound guy. Yeah. yeah. They say we have a mixer, a PA, and a mic. Yeah. We don't have XLR cables. Mm-hmm. You just, you can plug in whatever you want. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps with the consistency of our live sound or our live show. Yeah. 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 That's huge. Especially yeah. when you're, you know, just, just you guys and just, and it makes, it simplifies everything. That's, yeah. Yeah, wow. That is, that is fantastic. Where'd yeah. you guys, uh, do you guys just come across this and you're just like, hey, this is great? Or did you find someone else doing something similar? There's really no, there's no like, well, I guess now there is the the Gear Gods Guide. But I, I can't. How did we first? Okay. Oh, I think what happened was is we didn't we we wanted uh you know Axe Effects or Fract or no, Axe Effects and uh, Kemper like yeah. those are the two modeling uh amp simulators that people use to get all these sounds and it's like oh man it's like two thousand three thousand dollars like and I was like I already spent all this money. On these plugins, yeah, and we sound that I good. Use, I use them in the studio. That's yeah. what we use on the album. That's what we use to record. Yeah, it's like we like, love the way we sound when we record. How can we make that happen yeah. live? And so we started right there. That was the spark, and then yeah. it got us thinking. And so we just dove in all ourselves, and like really, yeah. I don't think we watched a single video on how to set this rack up necessarily. No. We, we I searched forum posts, but there's an, there wasn't a forum post that was like, this is exactly how you configure everything. You know, we had to email uh, Joey Sturgis, and, or the JST, the Joey Sturgis Tones, and say like, you know, how can we do this? Is this possible? And like, yeah, this is how you, you know, they gave us some feedback on how to use the tone live. They said, just, you know, send it out of an interface into a power amp into your cab. And that was like confirmation for me. Cause I had a theory. That's all you had to do. But I'd never done it. Like I'd never actually gave it a shot. And so I emailed them and they were like, yeah, that, that could be done. I was like, all right, well let's freaking get this going. Yeah. Like why don't more people do this? You know, you and all the time we get compliments on our tone. Yeah. And we're, we always have since the tube amp days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even since we've gone away with the tube yeah. amps and switched to this, like still getting the same compliments. Because yeah. all we have is just one cab and no amp heads or anything. So people are always curious what we're running. Everything's yeah. in one rack. Yeah. But Very the whole like search for each part of the rack was, was like, how do we do this? You know, because every band's configuration is different. You know, a sure. lot of people will just do, I have a power amp or most actually nowadays, everyone's just like, I just have a Kemper Axe Effects, and I just run it direct out to house. Yeah, not even a not cab even or anything amp. at all. Yeah, because yeah. you know, once again, we don't know where we're playing, so we don't know if they have the capability for DI. So that's why we just want to have it to where we are self-sufficient on what we have. We can go and and kind of hop on and play. Right. But I will say that on YouTube, Gear Gods channel has a really good uh, rack mount build guide and it's definitely like expensive but it breaks it down i wish we would have had that video when yeah. we were putting ours together it's a really good roadmap for how to do it yeah um i can't remember how long we've been running our rack now but like, like i said over every, a year every, everything we've acquired has been the most affordable and like yep I, I never buy new gear really like i don't think anything you could convince me you need new is worth it you know, especially when it comes to music gear. Yeah. And uh, I prefer the sound of our Mesa and they don't make that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and ours is a generation one from the nineties. So the only thing that comes close, I think is the synergy ones. Yeah. Everything else is solid state. Yeah. Know? So they're missing out on that tube power yeah. just to get 
the profile tones or whatnot. So yeah, right. We kind of we were very much trial and error, and there's a lot of cables, and mm-hmm. it, I kind of feel like I'm uh, back in the day when they're like, tra- you call the, the operator, operator, and he's like <laughs> yeah, pulling yeah. cords and plugging yeah. it back in. The That's front how looks felt. good, but then the back you're just like, ah. you're like, how can I connect you? Yeah, and we were just talking. We added a new in-ear monitor system and it's like every time you want to add something you're better off just taking everything out and redoing it yeah because there's so many cables and um that gear gods video we were watching he has a behringer x32 rack mount mixer and he was saying this is what you need to like route for personal mixes so that way everybody who's running the in-ears has their own personal mix so like Mm -hmm. How we used to do it was everybody heard the same thing. We were all linked to one transmitter. Mm-hmm. And so all of our receiver packs just heard a click and like pre-tracked guitars. Yeah. So it was like the perfect take of a guitar. And we'd play to that. So we're trying to get it to where we can control um, who gets what. So like say Jagger wants his guitar and click but doesn't want anybody else or doesn't want just imagine like monitors on stage yeah, put in your ear even better and so mm-hmm. this guy on gear gods was running an x32 and it's like twelve hundred dollars uh, i think it's a thousand it's around a thousand dollars yeah something like that yeah and we're like man we already have a laptop yeah. once again it's like ooh, flashback so we, so we just started figuring out how we could do it yeah. so we used everything yeah. we already had and the only upgrade we had to make was this sure monitor transmitter just because it gets a cleaner tone, like mm-hmm. you didn't even need that well, necessarily. Well, no, it can, it can do dual. Tra- it can. Well, I guess you could have done it with the Audio Two Thousands. You could. You could have done it with our the Audio Two Thousands inner ear monitor is like Amazon special, hundred and forty bucks. Shout out. The Shures are like a thousand dollars. Yeah, but you buy them used. We got ours for like five hundred. Five hundred for a receiver and transmitter. So that takes care of one person. But if you want a second person on it, all they have to do is buy a receiver. And then you can plug them into, let's say, whatever they're wanting comes out of the interface into the right channel in it, or the left channel. And then you just say they only get the right channel of what's coming in. So and you so can two people per transmitter. Two, two people per, yeah, transmitter. Mm-hmm. And then person one switches his pack to left. Person two switches theirs all the way to right. And yep. you send mono, mono. signals. Yeah. So that that way, only having two transmitters instead of having four of the cheaper, shittier transmitters uses less rack space yep and so what we did instead of having to buy this expensive ass x32 we just freed up some spaces on our interface to be able to send out different signals to the inner monitors so now we can all get personalized mixes so everybody mm-hmm. has full control of what they're hearing in their ears and we don't have to rely on the sound guy at all to send yeah. us what we want to hear it's fucking genius yeah <laughs> it took us a long time yeah. to get to this point yeah yeah, we're, we're we're talking about starting to contract out to other bands whenever yeah. they want to yeah. build. Like if they want help setting up their rig, yeah, like we me and Jagger, you. like the master. Yeah, we've we've, we've we've done uh, we've done the trial and error. We've done all the R and D for you. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Even setting up like this little studio, right? Yeah, it, it's just a puzzle. Yes, everything's just a puzzle. Yeah, and no one's no one's configuration is the same. Exactly. I mean, you, it could be the same, but it's probably not. Everyone's going to work for you. Yeah. So you got to find what works, what's affordable how to make it work we did a lot of like reverse engineering on stuff get the we're using (laughs) we're using a lot of things that shouldn't be used the way they are yeah they are like diagramming yeah i did uh there was a lot of that in the beginning and a lot of trial and error Mm -hmm. like uh, if you go like our first couple shows were a little rough 
Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. just because same. This isn't working out real well. It takes it takes time and growth, man. You just gotta yeah, get does. in there and yeah, but figure it out. Man, y'all set up that's fucking genius. So really, and even gear wise, hauling shit around, it's we not have, that much anymore. We have one rack that has everything in it with wheels, mm-hmm. and you just put the, the doors on it and you roll it away, and like yep. that's it. And you roll the cabs out. All I carry into a show is my guitar. And then a cable, basically. Wow. Yeah. And well, I mean, I help with the cabs, but like, of course, I don't have to have my guitar. I don't have to have a pedal board. I don't have to worry about setting all this up because when you're no head, no, no head, <laughs> no three thousand cables. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. worry, and especially when when the 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 set change between two bands is so short, it's like fifteen minutes. Yeah. If the if the band getting off the stage is taking their sweet time, well, then you're screwed because you only have like five minutes to set up, and then you gotta like, okay, are all my knobs correct on my pedals? Is all this right? Is there power where it needs to be ran? No, I just go up there and I just spend my time. I can tune my guitar for once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That, that is absolutely genius. Yeah, it's very streamlined. Once again, well, the the way I think the way this whole thing started was. Well, with in-ear monitors, for sure, is like we don't know if we're rolling up to a venue if they have. Well, they usually never have guitar monitors. You always have a center vocal and drum monitor. But we're always like, well, well, like you know, once it starts going, we can barely hear anything, and we can't turn up our amps because then it drowns out everything else. So it's like, well, we're screwed. How can we, how can we go in and know that we're gonna have exactly what we need? Like it's it's just one of those things where it's like hard to rely on anyone anymore. So you just take it in your own hands. I'm gonna go in, and I know that I'm ready. It doesn't matter what they have. I'm getting what I want. Yeah. So you got to take it in your own hands and do it. Well, and yeah, it just makes it just everything is quality everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's key, right? Yeah. Especially in a live show. Yeah. And we want to put on the best live show. And if there's problems and these guys can't hear themselves out front, like it's, it's really taken an emotional toll on, on them mentally. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's not feeling it as much as they can. So if we're feeling it, we hope that, the crowd can feel that too. We, yeah. We're all about that energy, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what about, <clears throat> what about your drum gear? You still, you, I'm, I mean, you still got, uh, all your drums and everything like that. Uh, what yeah. are you, what are you playing on? What are you hitting? Um, I've been playing on the same drum set <laughs> since 2008. Really? Yes. And I, I guess this can tie back into my influences because it's a Joey Jordison signature series drum set, like a Slipknot drum set yeah and so it came as a double bass and it had like one two three four like five toms and a snare okay and i had the most ridiculous cymbals all over the place and i ended up playing that until gosh i don't know like my first couple of bands like way before levels times and then when i met rob I was like so sick of playing shows with a double bass drum set. I was about set. to say, once you start yeah. playing shows, having to carry two two, two kick drums yeah. and all those toms, I was like, this yeah. is that's this is only if you have roadies you do this. Yeah, that's excessive. Yes, yeah. there's no no reason. These sound days. guys hated me so much. <laughs> right, they were just like, do you actually use all this? I was like, yeah, I swear I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, actually, when I first started hanging out with Rob and Conway, we took the wrap off of it. Was all black wrapped. Took all the wrap off, and then uh, I had an idea to rhino line it, like truck bed liner. Really? Yeah. And so we got we bought some white truck bed liner because we didn't want to go with like the average. Everybody lines their truck beds with the black liner. I was like, right. that'd be different if it was a little different, different style. So got the white rhino liner online. 
rolled it on there, and now it's like this hard shell of just like a solid piece. How does that uh, how does that affect your sound? I think it makes it a lot tighter, actually. Really? So it, it like definitely killed some of the re- like the resonance. Sure. And I'm I mean our kind of music is that punchy, mm-hmm. more uh, tight sound. So I think it worked perfect for for my needs in wow. particular. And the drummer from Hell Camino also. Yeah, he's the, did the only same other thing. guy that I've ever seen where he rhino lined his drum set too. He did a spray on his look is like way more better than mine. Mine looks like a popcorn sealant popcorn yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. trailer. <laughs> it it will like. cut your hands up. <laughs> yeah. Be careful carrying that yes. out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so th- that's what I'm playing on. It's the same set. I just broke it down into like a smaller so like half of it's a different color. I stained it uh black wood stain and then the other half of it is um the rhino liner and so i have like a one two three three toms now kick drum snare and cymbals got a rack and um i switch out cymbals every now and then to try out some new things but i've been playing on the minel byzance as my main crash and i just got the minel like have you ever seen those half half dry cymbals half uh gloss or shiny cymbals Uh uh-uh no it's um I can't remember what they call it, but um, it's like a Zildjian like Oriental. Type in type in Minel Byzance, if you would. That look. <laughs> <laughs> I think Just it's M M E I N L. M E I N L. Yeah. And uh, it's like a half half of it looks like old hammered symbol, and then the other half looks like a shiny symbol. You know. Well, is that spelling again? Oh, um, M E I N L. Yes. And then. B Y Z. There it is. Yeah. Byzance. Minel Byzance. And we'll see if they pull up there. Uh, so you see how, yeah, oh, that okay. one, that okay. one in the kind of middle section there, half of it's like dry yeah. is what they would call it. And then, uh, yeah, a dual crash. I really like that because it doesn't have a lot of resonance. It kind of like dies off quicker. But you still get not as much of that dryness yeah. as you would if the whole thing was like that. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of different different symbols over the years, and I kind of f- figure out which ones break quicker than others. Sure. And my go-to uh, China symbol for, like, the fast, full-time stuff is a um, the Wu- Wuhan. Wuhan, they call it a lion, but these things break, like, every couple weeks i swear but they're super cheap they're like you can find a used one for 30 bucks or something like that oh wow yeah and they sound so good but that's like the only symbol they make that sounds good and so i just i play it break it buy a new one i know it's gonna go out so yeah i've been i've been rocking the same drums for a long time we we try to get longevity out of our stuff we don't really swap out stuff a whole lot yeah well when you figure it out like you got it right why you need to swap it out Mm -hmm. at that point this is my sound that i like yeah I would love a new drum set. If anybody <laughs> knows anybody trying to endorse something, <laughs> I would love. Get somebody to build you something custom? Yeah. Yes, yeah. man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be nice, right? I think that's what we all want. We'd love some custom guitars, but yeah. do, yeah. we, need, do we need them? <laughs> no. no. It's I really, say that every time I buy a guitar. Do I need this? No, but it is now mine. That's so, the story of my life. Yeah, man. right. Any, any gear. Yeah. Especially, I'm not... I don't even I don't even play with anyone now. So all my music gear is should I buy this? No. Am I going to? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah. I found it it helps me to uh buy stuff that is very universal like effects wise. So like I bought 
I used to have the 6505 plus at home and then my four by 12 cab. And then I was like, well, I don't, I don't like setting up the recording software and going through that. I think it's a little too confusing for me personally. So I just bought, uh, uh, one of the line six, the HX stomps, the helix stomp ones that have, it's basically the same thing as a full size helix after the firmware update. And I can play any kind of tone I want. And I just run that to a uh, 12 inch head rush speaker, like a PA speaker kind of thing. And then that saves me from having to, you know, really forego my desire to buy a bunch of different effects pedals or buy a bunch of different heads. Yeah. I can kind of, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be really close. So I have a very compact setup at home now, and that's helped me save some money. So do you, um, so let me try to think of the best way to get this out. I love, I fall down rabbit holes with guitar pedals. Mm-hmm. And I buy guitar pedals that I will never, ever use, like that I'll, I'll plug into and just dick around, Yeah. but that will never, anything that I will ever play, if I were ever to play with someone again, will never, ever be usable, Yeah. but I just enjoy it, yeah. like a, just a collection thing, maybe. Sure. Uh, no, absolutely. Do, do I, you, I have a big video game collection, personally. Do you ever so. miss, uh, do you ever miss any of that? Not at all. No. no because what I, I mean... Our music is so simple that the starter kit is basically like a tube screamer and a, like a noise reduction, like a decimator or something. That's really all you need. And you could have like a chorus pedal or reverb or whatever. But that's what I always ran uh, or a timer pedal for a delay. I had that. But really, like, I don't ever miss it. Like, even if I'm playing different types of music, I can usually tune it in the way I want and especially with the helix now I can do whatever I want yeah so it was I think it was like $600 for the helix and then I think of it well now I have infinite patches and I can download them online for people that have taken a speaker at this point on a vintage 30 cab speaker and I can now have that sound or I want this amp head now I can just download it if they don't have it so but I'm also like always adopting early technology so I like to do that but yeah, I think plus like I'm very like one month I'm really into this, the next month I'm really into something different. So mm-hmm. like I'm really into video games right now and like arcades and stuff like that. But like previously I was like, man, I just want to collect all these guitars. I want to have a guitar for every type of song I want to play. And then now it's like it just my collections shift around a lot. So so uh, what what kind of uh what kind of video games are you getting down with now? What are you collecting? Um, Personally, I'm really big into collecting for like GameCube and N64, like yeah. those two, and then just Nintendo in general. But those are my biggest things that I do. And I recently got uh, almost a full size arcade uh, nice. now. So I've been, and that's one that you can like plug in. You can get games online and then plug them into that and play it with the control stick and stuff. So I play a lot of uh, like, I actually like Golden Tee Golf a lot. That's really yeah. fun. Mortal Kombat, of course, Street Fighter, like fighting game Tekken. Play, I play games like that, but yeah, really, I'm really big into like adventure games. Um, this that's why I've always gravitated towards like Nintendo, and then once they kind of fell out for me a little bit, then I moved over to PlayStation because it's just more of that adventure style game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's my personal preference. Yeah, I get uh, man big rabbit holes in in collecting stuff, especially and and like you it it shifts all the time yeah and i got to be careful with it man it's tough it, you know one thing that i've like it's a, the, what happened with the helix where i was like man i can just get everything in one now it's like well i can buy an n64 flash cart for 60 bucks and just load all the games digitally onto that and, and then i can just 
you know, get back a ton of space in my room for yeah. if I just sold all these games. And it's essentially the same thing. You just don't have that physical cartridge. Yeah. Different mm-hmm. color, different logo. Yeah. But it's the same game. Yeah. And it's, it's really tough as a collector with the new technology that comes out. It's like, man, I could really just downsize and have almost the same thing. Unless yeah. you're talking like records or something. Because that, that sound of a record is going to be different. You can't capture that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Depends what you're collecting, if it. But yeah, for me in the recent years, it's been very like, oh man, I could just mod my console and make all this money off these games and still play them. And hmm. it's see, tough. you're you're smarter about the whole thing. It seems like <laughs> because I, uh, not only would I want would I want to go that route, so in in that situation, so mm-hmm. that I could have all of it. But I want the physical thing too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I understand. That. I want to yes. build a pile. I'm a dragon. Absolutely. I, I want to sit on. <laughs> I want to sit on my pile. You yeah, know what I mean? Dragon's lair. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've got. Uh, I've been playing way too many video games lately. Um, just from, uh, I don't know, just spending too much time on it. Um, yeah. But then, so that that's been the past couple months. But then you guys saw my record collection out here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, pedals. There's, it's just, it's nonsense. And then all this shit in here, it's just <laughs> constant. Yeah. Constant. Yeah. I was ta- I was telling her today, uh, I need to buy a new, um, uh, like a encoder. Yeah. A new something. encoder for some of these cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Not that I need them, but. Oh yeah. Now I know how that is. Like as a collector of anything, whether it's toys, games, arcades, whatever it may be like. You kind of just just you find ways to justify it. Yeah. Like I, I when I bought the arcade, the first thing my girlfriend said because my room's already tiny where we live, so it just keeps like getting more claustrophobic. She's like, "Where are you gonna put that?" I was like, "I'll figure it out when it gets here." Yeah. Like you know, I just know I want it, <laughs> yeah. and I will make room. I will adjust stuff. Yeah. You know, or I'll build shelves to house more things above. I you start moving up instead of moving out. You yeah. Know? You just gotta start stacking stuff anywhere you can. And then I was like, well. I want this other arcade, so let me like scoot this over. I'll take these pictures down. I'll move it over here. You kind of like got to shimmy into my room now to get in, but like yeah. once you're in, you're good. <laughs> See, that's part of to me. That's part of the fun, right? Yeah, agree. So now I've made a puzzle out of my puzzle. Yeah. Oh. So it's even better. Yeah. yeah. Now I got to figure out how I'm gonna make all this work. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nice when you sit down. And you're like, look at all my things that I have. You can just enjoy being around. And it's like also like I I really like uh, finding like rare stuff. Yes. and things like that and it's like it's a thrill for me to try to find it on ebay or all these other websites that it's very hard to find and that's that's something that i think people really lose out on because everything is so mass produced now mm-hmm. they, they're like if you want a part for your car that's like aftermarket you can just oh i'm just gonna go to this website and click buy but it's like if i want this original part that was a, a factory option from the 90s i have to go to like yahoo auctions japan you know or like like special pressings of records and colors yeah. you have to go to weird websites and it's really fun to do that i get real big into that and especially yeah. if i can get it for a sweet deal and then i just yeah. i like to show everyone i get look at this little cool j i just got for 10 bucks from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the 90s yeah. you know like that's like that guitar i just got uh, from Rob's friend. Yeah. Yeah, I got this uh it's a 2000 early 2000s corn uh, K7 7 string and it's like $1200 retail and I got it for 300 bucks with a case like nice. with a nice prestige case just because I just like happened to be friends with Rob at this time and his friend was selling the guitar and he needed to get rid of it quick and I was like, "Look, man, I don't want to offer you anything for it cuz it's going to be too low." He's like, "Well, just give me a number." I was like, 
I mean, I can do 300 bucks. And he's like, done. I was like, okay, cool. That sounds good to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the right place, right time for and a lot of stuff. And there you go up there, 2450 for one of those yeah. used. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, yeah. That's, that's a lot more than I thought it was. But <laughs> you're like, oh, look I at you. Real oh, good <laughs> See, that's the hard flex right there. Yeah. Man. That's, yeah. You're, you're sitting on, you're sitting on a big pile right there. Yeah. Just dragging it up. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I love that guitar too. I, I'm not really a big Floyd Rose person or like floating tremolo type of thing. Cause it, it's just a pain in the ass to try to put strings on and, and set up and stuff. And I usually I'll go to some I'll go to Brandon Tony at Renowned Guitars. Yes. He does uh he does all my setups and stuff. Nice. So I, I'm just it's not some it's something that I'm willing to pay the money for him to do it once and I just put strings on it after that. Yeah. He know? did uh he did my SG. I inherited an SG from oh, nice. uh, my mom's cousin. He he passed away uh-huh. and somehow I ended up with it uh, and he he set that up for me. That's he's awesome. the best. He yeah, is so he's man. great. He's so nice, man. He's I love great. that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was uh, stoked when he when he opened Renown. Yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah, he was uh doing it out of his house in Conway, I think, or something or or he you know, he had like he would come pick it up from us mm-hmm. whenever I'd have a guitar and come drop it off and stuff. And it's nice to see him start getting more customers. Like the the last couple of times I've been in there I see more and more guitar cases like right waiting to be worked on. Yeah. And it's like, that's really exciting to see someone that like you're friends with, that's good at what they do actually excelling. Yeah. Where, when you have other shops and guitar centers and, you know, main corporations like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people, I think a lot of people are realizing that, you know, the, like the places that are bigger, uh, like the bigger boxes, they just don't care as much. No, I would um, rather order something from Sweetwater than go to guitar center. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Sweetwater's great anyway. Yeah. Like, as soon as I order something, I get a call. And they're yeah. like, hey, you know, what's up? You need something else? Yeah, exactly. What's the deal? And, hey, just you know. checking in. Hope you have a new year. This is Joel Helton from Sweetwater. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sweetwater representative. We yeah. got our guy there. Yeah. And, like, every time he'll give me a call every now and then. He's like, hey, I just wanted to check in. I bought this $8 rack mount plate. <laughs> okay, like, the most insignificant part you could ever buy. Like, it functions correctly. You can't you can't mess it up. Right. And he called me. He's like, hey, I just wanted to see how that part's doing that you guys wanted to make sure everything's <laughs> yeah. going great. I'm like, yeah. Yes, Joel, it's it fit right in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so great. That, yeah. I, I I like Sweetwater a lot yeah. just for that reason. Yeah. Same. It's that personal touch, man. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, and the candy. The candy helps. That oh, does help. Yeah. yeah. Actually, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish they wouldn't send me this. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> right. I know. You're right. I don't need this whole bag of candy. <laughs> Can right. I opt in for some broccoli maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Can you guys send little bits of beef jerky in here? <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, that would be sweet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I got my last guitar from was Sweetwater, and it was such an easy experience having them do the setup for me before it even got here, and they do that fifty-five point inspection on the guitar, <laughs> and they have the pictures of like your actual guitar that you're getting, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah that it's that good. makes yeah. a difference as yeah. well, other than just a there's a picture photo. of a yeah exactly, and you get it in, and the like the the burl or the burst on the the top of the wood is different than what you saw online, right? Yeah, and you right. were like really expecting, oh, I want it to be uniform and you know right. you got you got that what uh what guitar are you playing now in your, your live stuff uh i play i think uh, ibanez has like some of the worst model names mm-hmm. so it's an it's an ibanez rgd 71 alms seven string guitar fan fret multi-scale 27 inch on top 25 and a half on the bottom i believe fishman fluence modern pickups and uh, I actually wasn't a real big Ibanez person until Rob got his. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I've always, I think the Ibanez guitars I was exposed to growing up were all like geos and really like cheap ones. And I was like, man, these are not great. And right. the neck profile is very different. It's very flat with their wizard necks. And he got one for like, it was like six or $700. And it came with like great pickups, bird's eye maple fretboard, like locking tuners, um, really cut a nice cutaway body and it's just like what they can put out for the price is so good and i think my guitar was 1100 or 1200 dollars, but it's like it's got everything it's like exactly if i were to spec one out this is what i would want at a fraction of the price yeah and they're able to do that because they you know put them from indonesia or korea or wherever they're manufactured at but it's it's a really really awesome guitar i'm really happy and i've kind of like been buying more Ibanez guitars, just kind of really getting used to the necks and how the quirks and features and stuff like that. So, see, that's what uh, when he was on the show uh, last time, uh, he was telling me about his Ibanez. Yeah, and I have the same experience with Ibanez, like you were talking about. They're all all the ones that I've dealt with. Yeah, are just very low end models. Yes, yes, and very unimpressed with them. Mm-hmm. So I was I was surprised, but he he was selling me pretty hard on them. Yeah, man, it's definitely something that. Uh, I would highly recommend trying a good Ibanez. Uh, and they, there's one thing that they always have a problem with where it's like the bottom of the frets are pretty sharp. Just the factory is, is kind of kind of bad about that quality control. Mm-hmm. But like mine came in, I had I made sure Sweetwater checked for that and mine came in just absolutely perfect. Like everything about it. And I wasn't able to even try one out at Guitar Center. They didn't have any, they didn't, I don't even think they had seven string guitars, but they didn't have any guitars with Fishman pickups. Didn't have any guitars with fan frets. I've never and seen I, that at Guitar Center. I know. And I was like, well, I guess we're just going to order this because it, it's like, I was, when I was thinking of the guitar I want, I wanted something that wasn't like a normal color. This is like a, a almost like a pearlescent. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, like well, it's not pearlescent, but it's like it a, changes color. Yeah, it's it's per, in one light it's purple, and in another light it's gray, depending on where it moves. And it's a flat color, and it is. I saw it, and I was like, "This is my guitar." Like, it, and that's one thing that does help about Ivan is putting out so many guitars every year. Is you're probably going to have a guitar for you, if you look at their setup. Yeah. Where like Gibson okay, you have like three different guitar models and they just come in different bursts every year. Right. You know, but you know what you're getting with it. Where yeah. Ibanez, I feel like since they're able to put out so many guitars, they are on the cutting edge of whatever's popular at the time. So I'm, I've been really, really happy with my purchase. Would I want a custom guitar? Yes. <laughs> Do I want to spend custom guitar money? No. no. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but that's where I've been as of now. I, I've had... Um, LTDs. I played LTDs, Sterling, this Ibanez. I feel like one other guitar. Defender? Not live. Are you sure? Oh, no, the Squire. The Squire. The Squire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had an old Squire that I played like once and uh, it did not hold tuning very well. That was in yeah. the music video? It was, yeah. Yeah. It was like the first time I used it. But I've been through a couple of different guitars trying to find what works for me, you know, especially live. And I've always had used guitars up until now because I feel a lot less guilty just throwing it around on stage and bumping into stuff. Sure. And now this one's starting to get a couple of battle scars. So, yeah, not stoked about that. But it's at the same time now it's like, OK, well, I got one little mark on it. Now I can just start throwing it around on stage, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there goes it's... that standing still like a statue with my new guitar on stage. You yeah. can't get you can't get much on the road and not have some battle wounds. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if uh, I do, Brandon will take care of it. <laughs> I mean, that is true. <laughs> yeah, and he'll do a great job. He will yeah. do it. He did that with uh, Jacob's base. Had a it had a nick in the headstock, and it's all like cleared over. And he was able to like dig out the shards and then put, I, I guess, fill it in with something, and it looks just like it did. And it was yeah. like very noticeable. Jacob's, it looks like crushed glass. Kind of. Jacob's base is like a like a museum <sighs> art exhibit. It oh looks God, like marble so slab. I don't even know. It's crazy. It's yeah. an agile custom um, shop, custom shop or base, custom works, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a, the Rondo Music, the cheap agile guitars, but yeah. they had like a custom series. Yeah, and it was another guitar that he like he didn't pay full price for it. They he kept didn't. dropping the price. He talked him down. But here's yeah. the story behind <laughs> his base: is like he always was playing this five string that I owned. It was like an Ibanez Geo junk bottom of the barrel bass guitar. And uh, I finally like forced his hand because I was like, Jacob, I'm selling this guitar, and you're gonna have to get a new one. Yeah. And so he he went out and got the one of the better ones. So yeah. it it looks insane. It looks like a like I said, a museum art piece. Like it should be hanging in a glass box somewhere. I don't know what pickups it has, but it does have the, the it has dark, dark glass pack. Well, it has the dark glass uh, tone capsule in it preamps like an eq or whatever preamps. is it a preamp okay yeah. i don't know how basses work really <laughs> i don't but either it sounds it's, really good it's so crazy how much yeah. they are different from guitars yes they are yeah. absolutely they yeah are. you look at it and there's like five normal knobs and like six tinier knobs i'm like why do you need all this <laughs> like, what's the point <laughs> i guess so if you, many knobs yeah. yeah i guess if you want to play it like a guitar you could tune you it. could tone yeah. i don't yeah. know i, don't I just know. need one knob it's beyond my pay grade. Yeah. I'll, I, all my guitars that I have modded, I'm just like, I just want one volume knob. That's it. Yeah. Take everything out of the chain, go direct to it, give me the most gain out of these pickups. <laughs> we call Rob one knob Rob. Yeah, one knob Rob. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. You're uh, very, uh, you, you, you like everything streamlined. Everything I do. Simplify like it down. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I believe that you need to have the right tool for the right job. Yeah. And like, I don't want, I don't want anything messing up. I don't want anything taken away from my tone. Like I know this is how I like my guitars. Yeah. You know, I, that is a, that is a very good point. I do like having, I like having something for everything. Yeah. It makes sense. Sure. And yeah. it, it, when you simplify it down, it just makes it easier. Yeah. Troubleshooting. If something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, well, I only have one knob. So if this isn't working, it's probably the knob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. probably yeah. this one knob in order if, if I have active pickups, if you know, I just have this one battery to replace. There you go. You know, yeah, it it's, makes, it's really it nice. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like yeah. the diddle. I like a, I like a, I like a lot of knobs just because I like turning them. There's yeah. no reason to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. See, I've never, I never knobs. did that. I was like, well, you know, if I, if I want, a, if I want to like solo or do lead stuff, I just flip it up, just flip that switch. You know, flip that switch. Yeah, to, to the neck pickup, then I'm good. I don't need to like adjust my tone or anything because yeah. half the time you're playing live, you're probably like gonna accidentally hit it and it's gonna tweak it a little bit so it wouldn't yeah. be the right spot that you want it. Well, you're, unless you're, you're like probably in so much of a hurry anyway at that point. Yeah, usually if uh, actually Brandon replaced the uh, potentiometer on that guitar because it was very loose from the factory, and I the way I pick is very like open handed, so I'd always like kind of roll it off a little bit. And on previous guitars, I would just shove like an O-ring underneath it to keep it locked in that one spot. With that, I, I wanted to be a little, a little bit less ghetto with the fix, and then actually put in a more quality knob, yeah. so that way it doesn't roll off when I when I pick. Yeah. So the way I see the it thing. is, the less options, the less room for failure. Absolutely, it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Unlike our rack mount s scenario, where if one thing fails, we can't play live. <laughs> That's true. If our laptop were ever to just shit out on us, or the oh, power amp, or the power amp, it'd be or the interface. Yeah, it'd be game over. <laughs> yeah. That's the one fault with our like streamlined yeah. rack is yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
one thing goes wrong and you got to like trace all these wires. I'm going full blown operator on the back of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Huh. So far so good. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully something like that though, with as simplified, honestly, as it is as, as streamlined as it is, it, it could be a quick fix and you, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's one good thing about it. But if least. we, if we were ever on uh, a, a more important tour, Woodstock ninety nine. Woodstock ninety nine. If we could travel back in time, uh, we. <laughs> I, I said this the other. Day. I was like, I would have three of the exact same setup because I don't want to blow that opportunity. Just in case. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, in our in our current spot, we're good. Yeah. If, if we're on a on a tour that really is like, man, this could make or break us. I'm getting double of everything. Yeah. Sure. I'm I'm coming. We're a time capsule that shit. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. That's that's the that's the move in in that, that scenario. Drive. But yeah, exactly. Up until then, man. We're. I mean, we've already spent like way more money than we need to with on, our current our just setup. our setup yeah for where we're at in our career yeah oh yeah oh man that's so easy to do <sighs> so this easy. is a definite yeah yeah <laughs> like we do this out of passion and love yeah, you know exactly. yeah, yeah. Like, well i think and i think that's important though you know what i mean like you want the best no matter what level you're at yeah and and sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta put a little into it you know yeah, yeah. I mean? you gotta invest in yourself you do yep. yeah you really do yeah, um, I had to I had to sell some guitars uh, recently to because we I wanted to buy that sure uh, in air monitor pack, and I was like I try to do this thing where I have so much stuff that I'm like if I want something I'm like okay what can I sell in order to fund buying this to not take it out of my bank account mm-hmm. and that's been that's another thing that's been helping me like kind of break the hoarding and collecting a little bit it, is just oh I can you know I don't use this too often I can I can probably get rid of this and and you know fund something that I'm going to use more. That's helped. It took a lot. It helped. Like my girlfriend really helped me break that. Again, so much smarter than me. (laughs) But mine is always so I'll get something with the intention. Like uh, I've got that Benson out there. Oh, uh, I saw that. Looks nice. Which is mm, Mm -hmm. fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I love that thing so much. Uh, No need for it whatsoever, (laughs) except that my just diddling around. Yeah. But my idea was. If I ever need to, I can get rid of it. It's going to hold yeah. its value. That's yeah. a good Stuff point. Like that. yeah. I never will. <laughs> right. I never will. But you could. I'm going to have to be <laughs> That's in, the justification. I'm going to have to be like, okay, one of these dogs, I'm going to have to eat one of these dogs or <laughs> sell this Benson. Now I'll have to sell the Benson. Yeah. But it's going to get dire. That's, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a good thought to have on the back of your mind, though, just to like a safety net. You know, if you ever did need to, yeah, yeah. This all this stuff, I'm like, I'm just getting all this audio equipment, and video equipment. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you know, if this doesn't pan out, I can just sell it. I yeah. won't. No, I won't. But, but when it comes to like stuff that was hard for you to find, or you have an emotional attachment to, or they're just they're super rare that it's going to be harder for you to get rid of if the time comes you know it's worth a lot but it's like will i ever see another one yeah you know i I do that all the time with stuff that i like try to collect is like man like will i ever see another one of these and that leads me to like buy it really quickly when i'm doing that late night shopping on ebay you know sorting by newly listed like to snipe to snipe and stuff right when it comes (laughs) up like i have a lot of like really um I wouldn't say like super rare, but like I got good deals on some more rare like Pokemon stuff that I have in my room. Yeah. And like there's certain things I'm like, I would never sell this. Like most of the stuff in my room is for sale, but there's like a few things I'm like, I would never sell this because I don't know if I'll ever come across another one. You yeah. Know? yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's the trick, right? Yeah. I get, I get in those like weird rotations though, where eventually uh, like 
I'll be like, okay, this is nothing anymore. I got to get rid of it. But then I'll be like, all right, everything must go. And mm-hmm. just like that guitar, like, mm-hmm. well, what are you going to give me for it? Yeah. Well, it's worth two grand. I'll give you it 200. Right. Get, get it. Yeah. Take it. Get it yeah. out of there. So I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the worst <laughs> hoarder yeah. in the world. I've been doing that lately. I, I just moved from Conway to BB mm-hmm. and I've just been trying to sell everything as quick as possible and yeah whatever they'll give me for it i'm like take it i had an amp head at my house and it was like a crate amp head it's probably worth like at least a hundred bucks and i literally told this guy he like was hesitant on getting it and needed a fuse and a fuse holder and i was like look just come take it and then you see if you can get it to work if it works send me some money and i just put all my trust in this guy yeah, yeah. and he took it and it ended up working he sent me some money but i was just like desperate to just get it gone mm-hmm. yeah that's the best time to do that when you're moving yeah yeah it's hard to sell music gear here in arkansas though yeah <laughs> from my experience if you want to sell it good luck if you want to trade it oh you'll get offers all the time yeah, yeah. so it's been re- I, i've I had to do a lot of trades the thing with time. music gear you can just get it so much easier yeah right yeah and you can find stuff all the time just like like a like you said, uh, Ibanez is making so many guitars. Mm-hmm. Gibson, they just change up the look a little bit. So yeah. unless you're looking for a specific year, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just it's just easy to find or just get a new one Yeah. with stuff like that. Yeah. Unless you're trading. That's yeah. My trades are good. Yep. Try to but make then, sure you get more guitars than yours. Then you got you to gotta get rid of something to get something. See, now we're back to the I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sitting on that stuff, you know. I'm yeah. telling you, man. Yeah. I'm going to build a castle out of just <laughs> junk. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> helped me having a small room because I'm like, I really have to get rid of stuff whenever something big comes through. So that's, yeah. that's kind of been a blessing and a curse. See, mine, mine compounded when uh, I moved from a 600-square-foot apartment in Conway to this house mm-hmm. and had so much room to fill. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I got to get a lot of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Opportunity has a rose. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's just fill everything with everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But you're surrounded by stuff you really like. It, it, that you is know, true. That is cool. It's and not it's, just like normal furniture that anyone can get. You know, it's all like kind of special to you in some way. Yeah. yeah. And that, that helps a lot. Yeah. It, it definitely makes a difference and coming in really with some with this much space and a clean slate was even really kind of a bit of a blessing because mm-hmm. i got to set all this up and right yeah i love that i just I, got, I was in the garage in conway for my studio like we put up some curtains similar to this against the garage door and uh closed it off real good and then we're still inevitably in a garage right and so mm-hmm. it wasn't acoustically sound as i would like it to be sure but i moved out to bb to a log cabin and it's just like everything i could ever dream of so i got to set up my own space and it's just i know that feeling yeah when you finally get that room you want i'm now at the point where um i want to move this out of my house now Yes, please. See, uh, so I'm 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 trying to. I'm roughly looking for a space, and yeah. I want to find another space to pack all my hobbies into. That'd be tight, and uh, like just like a big open warehouse. <laughs> I was gonna. I was thinking I warehouse. Just, you yeah. know, build little rooms and then yeah. just yeah. convert it into everything. Yeah, well, we've talked about in the past, me, him, and Rob, about opening like a very diverse. Uh, building like a warehouse but it's for it's for practicing practicing and then would also have recording in there recording and oh yeah i guess that's the big two but then yeah. it'd be a, a music gear place too you know a store you buy gear at and then 
Kind of like, uh, have you ever heard of Rocket Town in Nashville? Uh-uh. It's like this, uh, they got a skate it's park. It's a church. Church. It's, it's a church music skate park. Venue. Inside and outside skate park. Huge music venue. And there's also a side room with a smaller stage. Yeah, it's like a community center kind of thing, yeah. you know? And so it, that's what this would be if we ever could, you know, find the, find the way to open it. It would be like you got a music store and then bands could have a safe place to store all their gear and practice because that seems to be a, a hard thing to come across as like a good safe practice spot. A lot of bands rent out like storage units and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And do that, but I mean, it's questionable if it's safe or not. Yeah, they yeah. usually flood. And then yeah, you have a, a studio in there as and well. Time limited. And too. it would be a venue, so it'd be covering all grounds of like this whole music realm and that'd be mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. We uh yeah, we need to stay in touch. We need to hey. we need to work something out yeah. here. We yeah. can, I think we can put something together. I bet, <laughs> I bet we could. Yeah. We yeah. can get a good space here. Yeah. yeah. We've always talked about like if, if money was no op- like no object, then we would be able to, you know, we'd want to do a venue because we know that if we were to do one we would do it right because we, we know all the things yeah. of what not to do exactly yeah. exactly really honestly and truly this is the time and the place to do that to a venue because it, around here it's very limited yeah and uh really the options just aren't that great they're just not there they're really not yeah and that's i think that's part of the problem that like uh we don't get a lot of stop in, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it just not, mm-hmm. not only is there better options in these bigger places and a bigger crowd that can be drawn, but really there's just no great places to play either. Well, you have, you have Verizon arena or what is it? Simmons, 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 Bank arena. Simmons arena now. And then like, if you want to play somewhere else, you got to play rev room. Yeah. There's yeah. no in between anymore. Yeah. It's like arena show club show. Yeah. yeah. And so you got these mid-level bands like, even Attila, I'd say, was pushing it. But if you had oh, somebody... They, they should have been in a bigger venue. Yeah. If you have somebody come through, like, an edge band, like... Um, who's that big band right now that does... Uh, Bad Wolves or Bad Flower. Any of those bands come through? They, well, they tried to play at uh, Clear Channel. Or, yeah, but uh, we don't have Clear Channel that. anymore. Metroplex. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That was, they were perfect for Metroplex, yeah. but that doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore. So yeah, if right. a band comes through like that, they have yeah. nowhere to play. Right. But and you have to become, like, self-sufficient. That's why, in, you know, these venues survive by selling. They're, they're not just a venue. They also are a restaurant. Right. Or a bar, you know. Right. Whereas right. if we did one, we would have those jam rooms and a music store and recording studio so we could get some profit from that. Supplemental income. To, yeah, to help supplement the venue side of things. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah that we, we all need to work together. Yeah. I feel like we've got some yeah. smart ideas going yeah. on. Yeah. I think we can make this work. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, yeah. we can make something happen yeah. here. Between everything and all of our all of our fingers and all these pies, we just make one big pie. Yeah. One big pie. We yeah. take all these berries and make a mixed berry. I, I think like something that. comes out good. Yeah, I like it's that. It's pretty easy, man. Just just get a warehouse or something, whatever you want. Section off those first couple rooms for jam rooms. And put, we're handy too. We can on, build shit. So. Yeah. You just put on a bunch of those like Yale locks and then give people codes to enter in their own room. Yeah, the renters. You don't, you don't need it? keys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is... It's like Airbnb. Just yeah. Just there, like, oh, yep, just walk in, here's your code. Yeah. Well, it's All right, like, I'm in the house. It's like storage units, but the space would be a lot cooler. Yeah. yeah. It would be set up, like, we could provide, you know, every like a PA and stuff for each room if we Ooh, wanted to. yeah, that's not bad Yeah, because all you need is, like, a head rush. Yeah. Yeah, those build, head rushes You could build them cheap. into the walls. Yeah. yeah. Have a stage set up in there. Yep. It would be good. 
Yeah, but people are musicians are also broke because they're buying other stuff, you know. I mean, that is true. It's a passion. It's not for, you know, to get rich off of. I mean, that's very true. If that comes with it, great. But that's not why we do it. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that I mean, that's uh, really, though, I think that's the way to go about it. Right. You do something that you love. You have these hobbies and you make them you make them you put all your time into it that you can. Uh, and if they come, something great. And if not, you know, at least you're having fun doing it. Exactly. Um, and I've uh, I've learned that a lot with uh, with my real job. I'm I've got half of the year off essentially, generally. Uh, so that's I started the tattooing thing. You yep. know, I love it. Don't make a whole lot doing it, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it's a great time. Started this, you know, everything. And yeah. I think I think that's the way to to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw this thing. This is. Uh, just to remind that success comes in different forms. So whether that's money, whether that's your memories, like every, it's how you want to look at it. Sure. So. Yeah. And success is never what you imagine it nope. to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's no really, that's the thing about success, right? There's no um, finish line to it. Right. Because it's mm-hmm. just what you, what you want it to be. Yeah. I don't uh, think you should set limitations on yourself either. So, like, oh, yeah. you say, I reached this goal. I used to, you know, when I was in high school, I'd say, if I could just tour one time, I would feel complete. Yes. I toured, and I don't feel complete. I <laughs> right. want more. And yeah. so, like, right. yeah. I quickly learned to not set any limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Goals, but not limitations. Yeah. 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 Like milestones. Yeah. 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 I've been trying to say yes to a lot more stuff and to see where it leads me. That's you know, one thing I've been I've been working on. I did that, and it... It made a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and really, it was my best friend who kind of uh, kind of drove me into that lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it definitely definitely made a huge difference. Yeah. In in how I approach things. Yeah. Uh, and it made me more adaptable, which I have found is what I think is the most important trait of a person. I agree. Um, yeah. Because you got to be able to think on your toes. You got to be able to fit in where you're needed. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that's uh, not not to be the best, but to be able to be useful. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I think that's very important. Yeah. And that's uh, and and yes, I think goes a long way with that. Yeah, I agree. You gotta you gotta know your limitations with it, of course. Yeah, but you I, have to experience different things in order to know what you like and what you don't like. Yes. Exactly, and it you know gives you that background. You can always find something in common with someone if you've tried a lot of stuff. Exactly, and that helps a lot for stupid uh, like small talk conversations that sometimes you have to have. You at least may have something in common with this person, other than how's the weather, where are you from, what's your job. You know, you can find something to click with. Like I do, I feel like I have a lot of different hobbies, and that helps me click with certain people that I may have nothing else in common with. But that one little thing is how we get together on it sure. yeah and then you don't you never know how they could be involved with something else yeah and then maybe that could be something beneficial to you in the future you could be beneficial mm-hmm. to each other you know all about exactly. connections yeah it is yeah it that's is. how i got actually how i got my job that i'm in now is someone i was friends with years ago in college because we were both into cards he wasn't even into computers at the time and years later he's messaged me he's like hey we have this job open i think you'd be really good for it i was like cool i haven't talked to you in you know a while but it's cool that we have that connection still yeah you never know when those connections are going to come through for you yeah exactly Mm -hmm. all of my all of my success my my great friendships my great um 
uh, monetarily, my great, uh, everything that makes me feel more complete uh, has all come from connections. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. all people that I've met, people that I've connected with, people that have made a difference. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 it's really important. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very important. It's, it's really what makes everything, uh, makes us all a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did, um, so getting back to the band, how did you guys uh, all come together? All the all the five of you, right? Dalton would be the one to. You want me to start? You are you are the man. Yeah, I'll, I can tell my side of it, but you are the. I'll, I'll get to your point, and then you start. Okay, okay. okay. So, hmm, I was in, a freshman in college, and me and my friend Tucker and David wanted to start a band that was just like stupid heavy. So. Right off the bat, I guess you could say say levels just kind of started as a joke. We were like, we're not gonna go like worry about anything. We're not gonna go in this like stressing out or trying to be super serious. We just want to have fun and play shows and play like really heavy stuff that we like to play. And so, you know, we kind of talked about it and like thought about who we could get in the band. And we're like, man, we need to make like a super group of people or something. So we thought about all of the best local bands we could think of, which was like, at the time, it was like, uh, we knew Rob, he was in this band, Decay Awaits, and he also, he won this uh, competition to open, and pl- or no, he to played, play. he played with All That Remains on stage. Play, nice. Played guitar with yeah. them on stage. It was stage. like a 100 Point Through the Edge contest, I yeah. believe. And he, he was the winner out yeah. of like all, everybody who submitted in Arkansas. And Rightfully so. so. I've, I played a show with Rob like before that all happened, and then I just kind of kept him in the back of my mind. And I was like, "This guy's a good guitar player. I'm gonna reach out to him." And so we hung out a few times, and then when I moved to Conway to start college, he was in Conway too, and so we started hanging out more and just kind of uh, throwing out some ideas, uh, writing some demos, and um, me and my friend Tucker, we knew Jagger from this band called Akea and our friends fall silent and mm-hmm. we're like th- we knew his stage presence because we played shows with him before and we knew kind of like what he was like as a musician so one day we're sitting in our dorm rooms at uca and i saw him walking down the sidewalk and i was like tucker that's jagger walking down there man let's go talk <laughs> to him so we ran down there and just the college of business yeah just talk talk to hallway. him on the sidewalk yeah. and or I think it was. I think it was in like the the bottom floor of the College of Business. Well, there was two different occasions. One time you were walking by our dorm room, short in Denny Hall. Okay, I probably didn't take it seriously at that time. Probably not. It was okay. like the first time. Yeah, yeah. first <laughs> time. Yeah, but we, we gotta play hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. We ran into him on a few occasions because he was going to the College of Business over there. Yeah. And um, anyways, um, my old band between you and I was supposed to go on this tour, first ever tour in like 2014. It was a big hoax. Like the girl who was putting it on, it was a total scam. And But it kind of like motivated us to get a van at the time because we needed a tour ride. So I hit up Jagger and Rob and Tucker was there. And we went to Mabelville over kind of where Bass Pro Shop is now yeah. on the opposite side of the interstate. And we were scrapping this big ass warehouse metal building for like all the metal so we could raise money to get our van. And they were doing it because I asked them to fill in on this tour with my other band. I had no idea. No, that's not why I scrapped the building. Well, they did it for fun. 
if someone messages you and says hey do you want to come scrap this building and tear it down yeah like how many opportunities yeah. are you going to get to of do course that i do yeah we and had different goals out here. of nowhere he just messaged me i'm like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> this isn't sketchy but i'm down yeah <laughs> so we're over here tearing this building down and then literally the like here's our building and the lot next door to us like the fence is right there the lot next door a fucking red van rolls in there one day and then the next day we saw it had a for sale sign on it and I'm like, mm -hmm. we gotta go check this van out. And so long story short, we ended up buying that van next to the building we were scrapping to buy a van. And um, it was for a completely different band. And then it yeah. ended up being that Jagger and Rob uh, are in levels now and we used that van to tour in. It was our home. It was our home. Mm -hmm. and. Me and Rob wrote a lot of the songs during that period of time for the EP, and we had no idea what to do with them. And we brought him into the mix, and he just came and like revamped a lot of the parts. And that's the mix that you hear is like me, Rob, and Jagger's ideas all combined into one. And it took us a few times to go through vocalist before mm -hmm. we landed on Jake because yeah. we knew him from another band. And that's how everybody got into this band. Like they were in a previous band that was semi-successful in the local scene and so we just you know we wanted to kind of bring that all together and so jake got in the band after he tried out on our first single that we ever released called become mm -hmm. and that was the first time we got it mixed by randy pascarella up in new york and we didn't have a bass player we started booking our first tour we released that song in tw the end of 2015 december i do believe and we started booking our tour for June of 2016. And so Jagger said, Hey, we need a bass player cause it's going to look good on stage. And like, we need, we're missing that factor. And so he hit up his old friend, Jacob, who used to play in a band with him called our friends fall silent. And they were pretty big around the hot Springs area and played mm -hmm. downtown music hall a yeah, whole lot. We back were very in the day. fortunate to play a lot of really good shows, opening, open a lot of good shows. And Jacob came to one of our shows. We played just to meet us. And then we played our first show together. Was it the kickoff? I think so. I think it was definitely the first day of tour. The first day of yeah. tour was in Conway at this yeah. little tiny building, no AC, just hot as balls. And <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 7,500 kids in there just slam packed <laughs> in this. Yeah. Little people were up in like the, the, there was like a, this little ladder that would go to like a, a storage loft. area. Yeah, it was a like loft. a loft. Yeah. There's people up in the loft too. It, this was like was a sick. 20 by 25 room, very small. Yeah. You know, like a little bit bigger than this room. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, anyways, a couple of days into tour, Jacob just clicked with us. Like, he wouldn't believe it. Just I knew worked. It. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, worked I, out. I, I know. I Me and him spent a lot of time together, like, uh, in that band, just, just hanging out. We had a lot of, like, the same interests. And we both, like, for better or worse, play off each other. Like, it's just could be good or bad when we're together. You know, we just have that connection. And uh, whenever we were looking for a bassist, I hadn't talked to Jacob in, in probably a couple years because I was I was out of the I was out of the live music scene for a while, and uh, it all started kind of coming together. And I was like, man, I think I think I know if Jacob is anything like he was, that I know he's a perfect fit. And that's what we you know not just not a, like a super group per se, because none of us are the 
are the best you know no no one's ever the best but we all want to be really good musicians who more more or less just click with each other because we spend so much time in close proximity Mm -hmm. and we've been there for everyone's like ups and downs so that's like number one is can you click with us if you're going to be in the band and we asked jacob to join the band officially while we were on tour Mm -hmm. in utah like we're like hey you want to be a part of this for real and so we've been the same lineup ever since and it's more than just a business or a band like we are like brothers yeah we're a family like we hang out all the time and just talk about nonsense that isn't music related (laughs) you know we just went to florida together yeah like on a on a trip not related to music whatsoever so it's really important to us to have that connection outside of just the music alone yeah we don't see too many other bands like just by being around them we're like there's no way they hang out (laughs) outside of practice yeah right you know we see that more times yeah not yeah and that's that's pretty much where levels came from we were just all um in other bands that played shows together mm-hmm. and I kind of just like assembled the crew yeah. and then he helped assemble the crew by getting Jacob and then Rob helped me with Jake and yeah it's been solid ever since then I hadn't even talked to Dalton prior to we I think we played shows together maybe a handful like between you and I or yeah. uh, the uh, other band before that yeah we'd never talked before yeah that. but we we played the same show probably seen each other a bunch and I actually had a class with Rob the the first year UCA he like we had the same class it was an auditorium so it was like a lot of space but uh and then he came over to my house one time because he got clued into this pyramid scheme that my <laughs> roommates were trying to run <laughs> and rob like saw my guitar sitting there as a seven string and he was like "Ooh, whose guitar is that and it was just like a little precursor to us being a band which was really cool nice yeah interesting kind of a uh foreshadow yeah it was yeah yeah all these little things that you know lead us together yeah we talk about that a lot. Just like think about like all the things that led up to us being in this, in this spot in time with these people and like crazy. Yeah. Some of the stuff would happen to us. How, uh, how has any, has it changed anything with, uh, your band kind of spreading out? Cause I know Jake's in what, Georgia, Georgia. Now? Yeah. And then, uh, your basis is in Fayetteville. He's always been in Fayetteville. Okay. So yes. we've had to, we've kind of had to deal with that, but he, he really keeps up with us and he comes down for like almost all the shows unless he just absolutely can't. And then we, we send him tabs. So yeah. like we keep up with all that stuff for like practice and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and we'll face, we'll FaceTime him when we're at practice if it's something that we all need to have like a group discussion about which helps right. with technology you know it's a lot easier like a lot of bands are pretty spread out nowadays right yeah and they just get together to tour and that's kind of what we're yeah. trying to transition to yeah. is to make it to where we only tour instead of playing a lot of local shows you know because yeah. we don't want to overplay our market um but yeah um uh, this is the most spread out we've ever been because we all started in conway it was Jake went to UCA, Jagger went to UCA, Rob and me all went to the same school. Right. So we were all there at the beginning, and then Rob's the only one in Conway now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jagger moved to Little Rock first, so it was just me and Rob. Now I moved out to BB. So now we're trying to just – we're uh, adapting. So. Yeah. I've always said that um, practice is what you do by yourself, and then when you guys come together, that's that's when you're, you know, you're, you're making sure things are tight. So how do you, how do you guys – how do you guys deal with that now? How do you, before you go on tour, 
uh, I mean, do you all get together and make sure everything's where it needs to be? Yes. Uh, how yeah. do you how do you make that happen? That's a great point, and we definitely have those tour rehearsals to where, you know, Jacob will come down the night before a show, mm-hmm. or if it's tour, then we try to get him down more than a couple times, you know. Yeah. But we we, we, we get, get everybody together weekly. Yeah. Too. Me, Rob, and Jack are always getting together weekly. Yeah. yeah. Wh- whether we practice or hang out and talk business or whatever, yeah. or record. Um, but yeah, we always make sure we get together and do at least one live practice together before a show to get what you said, you know, like get that tightness. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that was my, cause I mean, you're getting, you're, you're, you're staying tight on your own, but it's different when you have the whole pieces there, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It just, it, it, it's not the same. No, Um, not at all. When just, just playing guitar just when you add a drummer, that's a whole mm-hmm. other aspect to the whole thing, right? Yeah. So then, or or two guitars playing together totally changes the whole aspect yeah. of, of everything. Yeah, see, that's where the, the in-ears actually help uh, in a big way because with them canceling out so much sound, you're not as affected by someone being off because you have that metronome in your ear and you have what you're wanting to hear. So for me... Like I've always played off the drummer. That's right. that's been my because usually the guitars all the other guitars is always on the other side. I don't have any of him in my monitor if I even have a monitor. So I've always played off the drummer. And if when you're doing that, you can you have to adjust to someone being off a little bit. But if you're both a little off, then it just gets all out of whack. Where when you have the the clicks in your ear, you're like as long as I'm on this, everyone else should be on the same page. So that definitely helps us transition back into playing as a unit instead of just uh as as a one-man show at home do you guys personally practice against the click track just to make that more efficient i do every time i don't actually as a drummer <laughs> as a drummer i would imagine yeah you do. yeah you probably are are like you guys should do this i <laughs> tell them all the time yeah, yeah i send them i send them the ears i'm like hey here's the mix y'all just yeah. practice to this but yeah. i don't i practice to the songs and the clicks so yeah. yeah, I like. Uh, I'm really big about memorization about stuff. Mm-hmm. So I like listening to the songs that way. I know every single part. And like when I'm playing, if I know there's a mute still in my head, I'm like hearing the song. Yeah. So I know where the mutes come in, and I just commit it to memory in case something does go wrong. Yeah. I can play to anything. Yeah. So, as as a guitarist, that's how I play music. Yeah. Is I'm I'm playing it by memory exactly and, and i'm going off the cues of, of the sound that yeah, i need yeah. which is dangerous in a, in a <laughs> yeah. live set but, yeah uh, i did i have played drums before in a live set and i'm a terrible drummer <laughs> and the whole time i was like we should have practiced this on a click because this guy's fucking off <laughs> yeah click changes yeah him. drummer's got to be on click yeah hate to interrupt do you have a bathroom yeah 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 there if you're if you're a quiet peer which is it, there's one in here if not you can use the one out front i'm bladder shot either way is either way is fine i'm gonna go hit that <laughs> okay yeah i was uh i was i was surprised uh uh when rob was telling me about the ibanezes though he uh oh yeah he definitely, he definitely hard sold me on them. I still haven't yeah. had a chance to really play with a, you know, a, a higher end, yeah, uh, one that's decent, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I am very interested now. Yeah, well, man, you're welcome to try mine out anytime. Open invitation. Feel yeah. free. You can borrow it if you want. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, uh, I'd be a little shy on that one. It's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty tough. I'm pretty tough on shit. I, <laughs> I fuck shit up. That's, yeah. Uh, and that, that's one of the reasons that I'm, I just like bring all this shit in and then i fuck it up and i'm like oh well okay yeah 
At least yeah. it was mine. Yeah, I right? feel that. Let's see, when it comes to like having guitars traded into me uh, through like Facebook Marketplace deals or whatever, because I never feel connected with that guitar. Yeah. Like it's only the guitars that I've purchased personally that I feel more connected to, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. It just, that's the way it is. So like when I got the Ibanez, I was like in- instantly, I've never played a fan fret, never played Fishman pickups. I've only heard. And, and typically I'm not one to like really believe hype about products. Mm hmm. And Fishman's just, man, they blew me away because we were really big on passive pickups after we switched from EMGs. And this is still an active pickup, but it, it has two different voicings. So it has a passive voice and then it has you you uh, pull the knob up for uh, uh, the, the push pull or whatever. And uh, it has an active voicing. So I have two different options and I had Brandon rewire it to where it would be on the passive uh, voicing first while the knob's down. And... I was just blown away with everything. Everything about that guitar is so good. And it's, it's none of it is something that I've had before. It just all works very well together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to, yeah. uh, to play with one at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've played, I've played everything. I've Fender, Squire, Ibanez, Gibson, Epiphone, LTD, ESP, like, all the major brands I've I've played, and they all have different. The, the necks all feel different on them. Yeah, but I, I've really like the, going from like a C shaped neck from uh, like a Les Paul mm-hmm. uh, or the Fender has you know they have all different styles of necks depending on the year if it's a reissue or whatever. The Ibanez was definitely the hardest to get used to because it is so flat. Like the Wizard necks are so flat, and it, it's not something I thought I would enjoy because I had been playing. Uh, I had a LTD. EC 407 like a single cutaway seven string and it had a really fat neck on it and I was like oh this just feels nice but then like now I understand the how to play the flat style neck of an Ibanez well you do have monster mitts here as well yes uh, <laughs> seven me. strings help I'm these little baby hands yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so there's I feel confident with the seven string in my hand it just feels it feels right when I pick up a six string again it's like oh this little baby guitar you know really yeah yeah, see, the, yeah, I have the exact opposite effect yeah. normally. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even reach on this thing. <laughs> you probably wouldn't like the Ibanez neck then, then, because mm. it, it is so flat. You'd have to, like, I don't know. You'd have to, well, maybe it would work. It, I don't know how, you, if you, if you like, really have your thumb on the back of the fretboard or, mm-hmm. like, on the back of uh, the neck, that would probably help you, honestly, reach those strings on the seven string. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely have to. Whereas a rounded neck would be, you would, you'd be more like it would be, you'd be right here instead of like the flat neck. You'd be right. I usually have to stretch anyway, just because he's. I got little, little (laughs) tiny. I'm telling toothpicks, toothpicks on (laughs) the. Same. uh, I can't play guitar. No. So it's uh yeah yeah I I would definitely have to adjust. Yeah yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Again, adaptable, right? Sure. That's Mm -hmm. that's the trick. That's the catch. That's the thing. Yeah, speaking speaking of adaptable, when uh, when we were in Florida, we went to uh, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, let, let me break my let me break my streak there. Break your edge real fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been working on it for a while. Um whenever we were in Florida, we uh we have a buddy down there, uh Hunter, and he is a really really big guitar player and and collector of uh the Matt like Matt Heffy from Trivium. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of his actual personal guitars. And I get so comfortable at home and with practice just playing our stuff that it was really nice to get with another guitarist who, like, he isn't in a band, so he just does a lot of, like, cover songs. 
and we were just kind of like all passing different guitars around playing stuff so it was like one minute i have like a explorer in my hand and the next minute we have a seven string and then the next minute there's a, an epiphone like it was really cool to experience all those different guitars very quickly and it it, it was one of those things that i was like man i really miss like doing cover songs like it was really fun just to like crank the music up and just jam out instead of just only focusing on practicing for levels and yeah. stuff like that yeah so that was really really that was a good experience to have and and that whole trip was just really good to like end of the year clear my mind like okay i want to go into 2020 and i want to play more guitar i want to do more cover songs and the only downfall is i like i have a like i said i have a really good memory so i'll find myself like copying other riffs not yeah. intentionally and then i have to have him like saying oh no that's that's from a different song but it's like subconsciously i just i like committed to memory but yeah. that's good that you have that voice that'll do that same for yeah. me he does the same so. yeah 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 that's good and yep. i'm sure that's part of where that closeness comes in and helps yeah right and you you i'm sure well i mean obviously you guys are still friends so when yeah. when, when you say that to someone <laughs> you guys yeah uh you don't take it personal right no, not at all and that's never, important that's something i've been trying to work on as well is is taking uh not just immediately shutting down an idea like because it, it does take a while to mold a riff or to mold a, a drum pattern into something that sounds good like whatever's first put out on the table is uh once again saying yes to everything is just seeing where the idea goes seeing how it can be molded see what other people can add to it mm -hmm. so i've yep. been working on that as well yeah i definitely that can that can change that can be a game changer yeah. in general yeah so in uh what were you guys doing in florida just hanging out yeah it was rob's rob's birthday is on the 27th mm -hmm. okay i think right 26th 27th 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 and so yeah his mom uh she owns a condo down there that she rents out and so she's like just y'all go down there and have yeah. a guy's trip it was off season nice. so no one was down there renting it was cold yeah nice what yeah. part of florida was it navarre beach close to uh panama city pensacola pensacola and okay. destin it's like in between pensacola and destin <clears throat> yeah yeah i haven't spent much time in florida uh i hear it's pretty wild though yeah, that yeah. place is crazy. You always hear about Florida man doing the Florida something crazy. Man. Yeah, Florida we man. saw at least two or three Florida men yeah? doing something yeah. crazy. Yeah, one guy was getting pulled out of his truck, and another guy had like three or four cops around him in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jacob Jacob turned into Florida man. Oh yeah, uh -oh. drank too much yeah. crack and yeah. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's a good time though. You yeah. gotta have those for sure. Mm -hmm. Did uh, I had to babysit everyone. Yeah, Jagger's straight edge, so he drives us, you know. Yeah, I drive, I drive. Yeah, I don't drink. Nice. Yeah. Never have. He's never a blessing. Will. Nice. Yeah. Blessing yeah. to tour life. That yeah. helps. And yeah. Life. I drive it. I drive the late nights because everyone <laughs> just drinks after the show. Right. Winds down. You know. I guess my winding down is blue Gatorade and driving late at night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool blue Gatorade and dri driving late. Do you just uh, you just don't enjoy it? You just don't. It's not what you want to do, or uh, is there know, a reason at all? I mean, at face value, it's definitely just every time I've seen someone like I understand, like, I guess my thing is not drinking. It just doesn't smell good to me. Okay. Uh, and then the effects of drinking too much is something I look at. I'm like, man, that looks stupid. Like, I don't want, ever want to be like that. I want to be able to remember, you know, all the things I, I experienced. Right. Yeah. And then just some family stuff. A lot of uh, dad's side of the family, a lot of, uh, you know, dying younger than they should have from stuff and, and things yeah. like that. But it's just an, it, it's more of like 
I've definitely come to peace with it later in life of not like judging people about it. And I just, I just, it's just not something that entices me whatsoever. Yeah. So until that time, you know, if that ever changes, then that's how it's going to be. But as of now, like, I think I've made it this far being surrounded yeah. by all types of things that it, it's just, I don't know, the effects uh, just doesn't look like something I'd, I'd enjoy. Yeah. So. But it's cool. Everyone's still, I still hang out with everyone, still have a good time. You yeah, know? he'll freaking, he'll go, he stays up late with us, like, goes out to any place we go, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just, I don't know, you just can't even, it's not, not even a thing, can't no. even tell a difference. Do no. you, uh, as as someone who does drink, when I, when I don't drink, and I'm around mm-hmm. a bunch of people mm-hmm. that do drink, mm-hmm. I just get so like, oh my god, these fucking guys, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Do I, you ever get that? Yeah, I just, a couple of days ago, I was like, yeah. <laughs> during the forage, I'm like, you guys are so stupid. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's funny. He's always uh, got a good attitude about it, though. Yeah. I mean, it, until it affects me personally, like, then I'll have a problem with it. But, like, if I just have to corral some people, that's not a big problem. You yeah. Know? You got to keep everyone in line. But if, because no one, no one gets belligerent. Right. Or anything. Yeah. Uh, but it's Except just, it's just that one time. Which one time? <laughs> California. <laughs> You were uh, the Kraken? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't belligerent. What would you call that then? When when Jordan was carrying you? Yeah. That wasn't belligerent. <laughs> that was no, the people that were belligerent were the dude chasing the other dude with a baseball bat. Oh, that was yeah. belligerent. I guess wow. so. Yeah, I was no. more like I was the other were, B word. Dude, I was, was blackout. No, you were the I you were incapacitated. <laughs> yeah. This man, yeah. The Kraken does that to him. He was that's like for me I don't mind driving people around, but if like you can't take care of yourself, that's a problem. Sure. I'll let someone else deal with that. I'm not putting up with it. Yeah. So like I'll let people do them. And then when it comes to like Jacob, like Rob took him, like I was like, Hey, go check on him. Yeah. Or like Jordan carried you. Like that's where if it, if it affects me personally, you should be able to take care of yourself. You know, yeah. I'll let someone else deal with that, but I don't mind making sure everyone, you know, gets home safe and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, up until that point, yeah, you were just, you were just out. Yeah. And like, we were like driving into Walmart and Anaheim you were out of the van for some reason. And Jordan was like running behind the van with you on his back. And then we roll up and there's a dude chasing another guy at the baseball bat. I'm like, this is a shit show. I'm driving. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, get in the fucking van right now. Like you need to be in here. We got to go. Like, I don't want to be here. You know, yeah. we got to find somewhere else yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, it's more of just, uh, I don't know. It's something, like I said, I've, you know, everyone's around it from an early age, especially nowadays. Uh, and it, and my, Thankfully, my parents, uh, they, I think, well, I guess most, most people or parents, whoever want to, there's stuff that they want to change about how they were raised, mm-hmm. right? You know, they want to make sure that their children have the best. So my parents always tried to like, just let me make my own choices, but kind of like not make it normal thing. Like my dad stopped drinking when I was, I think four or or younger than that and he had been like a pretty bad alcoholic before that just trying to change the way he is and like whenever they would just like smoke cigarettes and stuff they would be outside they wouldn't be like a normal thing to be around it and i feel like a lot of people were brought up in an environment where their parents are drinking or smoking around them so it's normal which is understandable but it's not it's not how i was raised so Hmm. like that person we saw in mississippi with the kids getting out of the back of the car bruh oh that was man. so bad so we oh, on no. our way back from florida we pull up to a gas station everything's looking normal and the back hatch of this car opens and three kids just like pour out of the back and it's a small it was little like trunk. it was a small it was like a dodge like caliber or something. and it was like there was 
probably t- like four kids two and, square and two feet back there you know yeah. and oh, uh no. and and three little kids get out and like run into the gas station all happy and stuff and then this one kid gets back out and like tries to get in the back <laughs> and the door just like closes and their feet and are sticking like, out or the back oh, like that no and so they finally opened it up and the kids crawl back into the back of the car and then we thought it couldn't get any worse but we freaking we start pulling out and the two people in the front seat are smoking cigarettes with all these kids in the back man it was the worst thing to see ever we couldn't believe it we were just like awestruck yeah that was even that's mississippi though Yeah. yeah yeah i'm pretty sure they don't think doesn't mississippi have the worst uh schools the worst I education, I, worst I, I in the yeah. U.S. They just like we don't care. Worst <laughs> drinking. I don't laws. think they care about their people that much because they just like let them do. It. I think you you can drink, right? Can't you? You can have like you one can beer. drink one. You can legally drink one drink and drive at the same time. Yeah, wow. in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah that's and, and right. passengers <laughs> can drink. They're just happy for you to be in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do what you, you want. You can have one. <laughs> that. Should be their fucking slogan. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi. Thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know you don't want to be here, but thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to any Mississippi friends listening, we really enjoy Biloxi. <laughs> yeah. That's their slogan, Mississippi. Yeah. We have a beach, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. Oh, man. Okay, so this Saturday, you guys uh, yeah. got a Segway. show coming up. Yeah. We haven't had a Little Rock show in a long time. Since Attila? Yeah. Since the Attila Since show. Since April. I, man, I'm trying to remember where I was when I saw that because I was super bummed. I didn't know who you guys were at the time anyway, so, I mean, I wouldn't be going there for that, but I was Mm -hmm. super bummed I did miss the Attila show. But I did hear that you guys were fantastic. That whole show was fantastic. That whole show. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, that seems like it would be something that's killer. It really is great. Up until that point, the best show I'd say we'd ever played was uh, with Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just the amount of people. Yeah, for like the crowd. Yeah, the bigness of the crowd. Yeah, I think there was like what three hundred at the Devil Wears Prada show. Three hundred to three fifty. Yeah, and then and Attila was four fifty. Yeah, four almost five hundred, four eighty yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At, uh, at Rev Room. Room. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was the wow. that that was tickets sold was like four eighty something. Yeah. So you include staff and bands like definitely five hundred people yeah. in the room. Wow. So. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't like playing Rev Room before that because the way the room is, I feel like it's very like hollow sounding on stage. Like all the sound just leaves and it doesn't reverberate back. But when you get all those people in there, it it soaks it up and bounces it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that show sound wise. So yeah, we haven't played Little Rock since April and this would be our first time back um, since then. And we're really stoked to be a part of this. Punks for Paws, you know. Yeah, yeah. Punks for Paws. Do it for a good cause. Uh, how did you How did you guys get involved in this? So, um, my friend Christian, Christian Hill, he I think he just hit me up because we've always stayed in touch. He's been in bands that I've played with before, and you know we we talk. I've recorded him at my studio before with his other bands. So, um, he just asked me if Levels wanted to play the show. And told me what it was about, and I was like, "I love animals <laughs> yeah. so much. We right? all love animals." Yeah. So I have I have two dogs, three inside cats, two chickens, three outside cats, 
got lots of animals. Here. Rob yeah, has yeah. three dogs. Jacob has an, Six cats. an infinite amount of cats, and I have one cat. <laughs> so we're animal people. Yeah. It was a no-brainer that yeah. we wanted to play this yeah. show. Yeah. And uh, we haven't played Vino's since they rebuilt the stage. And so we've, we've kind of just been dying to get back to Vino's and play. And our friends in Abimel, um, I've been friends with those guys for a long time now. I recorded their EP. And we've played a show with them. Yeah, they played our our cd release show something like that it was supposed to be wasn't i don't know they played a cool show a local show and so we've we've been really good friends with them for a while um anchor of the appetite i just recently got to meet those guys because uh i helped shoot a little bit of their music video with hayden valentine and so really the nicest guys I, i just can't say enough good things because they're just so outgoing and motivated and and they've been killing it we have a little group chat going with all the bands in the on the show, nice. and so they've just been killing it on ticket sales and promotion. Like they definitely have it going on and are doing everything. They're doing everything the right way. Yeah, and and any given room I think is a newer band, but yeah, I saw them play at a Rep Room and they were really really good. And they have some members from other other bands that yeah. have played Arkansas for a long time. Yeah, so definitely going to be. Um, Seasoned musicians yes. up there on stage yes. for nice. the whole night. I feel like Abimel has been a band forever. Abimel was really, really popular. Like, uh, how many years ago was that? Like, I feel like 2010 tw- or 11. Yeah, something yeah, like that. That was like they were they were doing it back then. They were I, doing it back then. They must like, have like taken a break or they, something. They took a break. I'm pretty sure. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but their guitar player he joined the military. And so he like had to take a lot of time off for it. But back in the day, you know, whenever bands were getting popular on YouTube and stuff real quick, like they were getting 10,000 views on a video. And that was kind of unheard of back then for like, especially an Arkansas band. Yeah. And so, yeah. And they're back to kind of doing it with all those like deathcore pages on Facebook. Yeah. They're really big and they're really tied in with that. And I think they have a really good support system with that genre. They're all, they're all DIY. They have never had any label support or management like, like big time management or anything like that. And so they're really, if you look at their numbers and and their reach, really doing a great job at Mm -hmm. DIY and getting out there. But yeah, they, they made a big comeback because they used to play like new Daisy a lot in Memphis and some big shows. And so they've really been grinding, and so that's going to be good to see those guys. Have you uh, have you guys been to Vino's since since the sound change, since the new stage and everything? I have not, I don't believe, but I know Dalton's run sound. I, I run sound there oh, from time to time. Nice. Like whenever Brian Walker yeah. can't be there, he asked me to come fill in. So I was there. I helped them redo the stage. I didn't help them like clear it off or anything, but I I helped them redeck it. So I was there for the re putting the plywood on the top and like finishing up some of the steps and whatnot. And, um, yeah, uh, Brian and them, they got together and were like, the sound is shit because a lot of the speakers were blown and whatnot. So they reconed all the speakers and like I revamped everything. So it's, it's top notch and stage looks really good. They painted it all black. It looks really, really clean and they got new lights in there. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really good experience. I know they've had a, like several shows since they've redone the stage. But yeah, I've I've managed to make it there once since since that redo, and I was very impressed. Yeah, yeah. especially compared to what it was, because like yeah. you said, it 
It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Too. Like the 90s, the right? The 90s. Yeah. yeah. It, it, had, it had gone through some shit, for yeah. sure. Green Day mm. played there. Yeah. yeah. Like Bring when the Horizon a, a baby. played there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot. There's been yeah. a lot on this on this stage. They, yeah. That at one time that was the go to spot. Oh man, know? those even yeah. for local shows it would sell out. Yeah, like my yeah. girlfriend uh, talks about. She's a couple years older than me, so she was like in the heyday of the locals selling out, like PM Today and all those. All those. Uh, they just had like a like a throwback show with a lot of bands from like the mid two thousands that used to play there a lot. And, um, uh, it's crazy to see old photos and videos from Beano's knowing it was, how it, was it is now. Great. I remember as a teenager, cause it's a one-stop shop. You get your pizza, right? Yeah. Oh, the pizza you got is so show, good. Alcohol. Yeah. Everything's there, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got everything. It was a yeah. great hangout. And yeah. you, even, even if you didn't know who was playing, it was a good spot. <sighs> it's good right. times. And that's, I feel like it needs to be more like that. Even if you don't know who's playing, you go there, to support not only the venue but every band that's playing yeah. and just to have a good time like go out on a saturday night if you're like thinking you're sitting at home and you're like oh what should i do tonight i don't know what to do like go to a freaking show you'll meet some interesting people yeah have some interesting conversations try something new maybe mm-hmm. yeah. don't leave after your friend's band plays yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a big thing yeah. right and and that goes back to again like uh like saying yes to things yeah like, check out this new band yeah. right? yes Maybe yeah. you'll be impressed. Go to some mm-hmm. different genre shows. Like I've been to metal, rock, rap, electronic. I've been to all different types of shows, and like I've been so very surprised finding some artists that I like out of yeah. those other ones. Even if I'm like putting it down, before I'm like, oh, I'm just going for my friend or my girlfriend, and it's like, oh, well, I'm actually like pleasantly surprised by this other artist that I never would have thought of. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm very fortunate in that that I'm. I, I like a little bit of everything, you know. I like yeah. to taste all the genres anyway. Yeah, I do not personally. Uh, so I'm I'm very very fortunate in that. Uh, but I found that even if it's something that I'm not really like super stoked on, for the most part, I can be appreciative of someone who's just going up there and playing. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I see a lot of bands where you can tell there's a musician in there and he doesn't belong. Like he is the shining star. Yeah. And you're like, you just need to be in a different band or something. So I, I, I mean, totally you do feel see that. that. But even, even someone who's not that great that I'm not that impressed with, I'm like, well, at least they're doing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. I, I find some joy in that, that um, even if I'm not, I don't know, enjoying what they're doing, at least yeah. they're at least they're doing something. Yes. At least they're at least they're going for it. If I, they seem like they're having a good time with it, at least they're at least they're having fun. I love seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm personally I have this this curse where as a musician I like analyze every band that I'm watching. Like it's hard for me to just turn off the musician side of me and just enjoy the show. Like I'm always like, oh, what gear are they using? You know, do I like this person's tone? Did he mess up on the guitar part? Like and my girlfriend's like, why can't you just enjoy the show? I'm like, because I'm just <laughs> analyzing everything and learning and, and, and critiquing. And that's just, I think that's just part of being a musician, especially one that like performs live. Yeah. yeah. It, it sucks. It, it does suck because it's hard for me to enjoy stuff. But at the same time, like I'm always learning. Yeah. With that. 
Well, I mean, that's the that's the other side of that coin, right? When yeah. you can when you can focus in, you can pick up something that you might need. Yeah. Or that you might can take with you. Yeah. We yeah. used to do that for gear a lot. We would like when tour bands would come through, like look at like peek over their pedal board and look at their amp settings. Oh like, yeah. Like yeah. trying to get that information. I still do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's the first go to. When I yeah, see them yeah. setting up, I'm like, mm, what's he got? What's right. he using? What's he where's Right. And we were talking actually about like how you could tell a band was good is you'd get up there and if they had like a sick bass tone, cause it, that would be one of the first things they sound check. You're like, Ooh, this is about to be good. Yeah. Or the bass drops, if the bass drops hit. You're like, yeah, this is about to be good. Yeah. So yeah, this Saturday punks for pause. What's the, uh, so tell us more about the, the punks for pause thing. It's a benefit, right? Right. So punks for pause is partnering with Arkham pause for this show. Arkham pause sure. is like, a is that a rescue shelter it's it's kind of like a rescue shelter but they don't have a physical location okay it's more like this big group of people who who foster uh, pets that are out of homes and then you can go on their website and look at all the pets and you can go pick up the pets if you want to adopt one from a foster home and so they don't have like a single location network yeah it's a network instead of a shelter where all the animals are kept in one location like it's spread all over arkansas that seems like it's a better deal anyway right like the dogs or the animals got a they got a home that they're you know a temporary rather than just like a little kennel right exactly yeah i think it's i think it's a better a better option but all these proceeds are going to go towards arkham paws and they're going to use it to um give these animals you know food and and the necessities like treats toys everything you can imagine to they're going to send it out and make sure that all these goods are sent to the right foster homes to take care of these animals right so it's really going to help um raise awareness too because uh did you know about arkham paws before the show exactly not at all see so a lot of people don't even know that it exists you know and uh i actually i got a cat my cat jacks i got him from arkham paws i just google searched it though so um, I'm hoping it can, it can really raise awareness for people looking to get an animal because instead of just going down to your local animal shelter, you can look right online and find you a pet that fits your needs that is in need of a home instead mm-hmm. of, you know, going to a shelter and having to see all the animals there that you, you'll be sad. Yeah. yeah. So it's sad. tough, man. Yeah. Walking through a shelter is tough. Oh, man. Especially if, you know, maybe, the maybe there's, there's all those dogs there. Maybe they're like, they're too young you don't want a young dog you want an old dog and like you don't find that one dog you need at the shelter this arkham paws is really opening a door opportunity for people to come and like find the animal that fits their needs and you're helping an animal in need so yeah it's it's really nice all the all the proceeds are going to go straight towards that all these bands that are on here are coming from abimel's from jonesboro and then we're coming from all across the state, like Jacob's driving down from Fayetteville. Like we're all coming together mm-hmm. to do this show. And I think the dudes in Anchor of the Appetite, they're from uh, Russellville area. So we're all coming down to Little Rock to, to do this together. Yeah. And it would just, it would mean a lot. The more people that would come out and show some support, um, they're, they're taking donations for animal products. And there's going to be some raffling and giveaways. Mm-hmm. I know that the company that Rob works for, Leather Brothers, they're partnering with the show. They're to, doing like a gift basket. Type yeah. Of and it com- it's like a 200 or $100 value of like dog collars, treats, harnesses, leashes, mm-hmm. all that. And mm-hmm. they're going to be raffling that off for people who uh, enter the raffle. I think it's probably going to be like a dollar or two yeah. 
to enter it. And so there's a lot of cool stuff. There's cool vendors that are going to be there. They have Punks for Paul's shirts that they're going to be giving away and that you can also purchase. All the bands are going to have really cool merch. Like this has been ongoing for months and months now. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. expect a whole lot happening at this show. Yeah. yeah. And I think the Punks for Paws that you know christian is is founded or co-founded is he did is going to be uh it's not just this one show it's going to be you know try to do more of these for maybe not necessarily our composite each time but for a uh, different shelter different company mm-hmm. it's going to try to grow into more of a, a, a non-profit organization yes yes yeah not just a one single use show yeah you know, one-time fundraiser and it's, that would be great yes absolutely yeah. so people can so this saturday january 11th uh, $10 at the door, $8 if you buy your ticket before. Mm-hmm. And tickets right now are so limited. Yes. Like, they're about to cut off tickets. I'm pretty sure we in Levels are the only ones who have a handful of tickets yes. left yeah. to get. So yep. if anybody's looking to get a ticket and save a couple bucks, then just reach out to us. We yep. can to the, take... You can message us on the band page. Message us on the yeah. band page individually. We'll, we'll get you with the right person in your area. Yeah, we're located in BB... Conway, Little Rock, Fayetteville, Little Rock, Fayetteville. and nice. and we can ship you tickets, or we can just put you on a list. And if you want to cash as cash app us the money, PayPal, whatever, like we can reserve your spot, mm-hmm. and you save a couple bucks. Nice. And so, it's really looking like it's going to sell out because the the max cap on Vinos is like three fifty, and there's well over that already interested or going yeah, on the event over 400 page. last time i saw yeah yeah i've seen i've seen the event going around social media a lot it definitely seems like a lot of people are interested yeah uh which would should be it's a great cause yeah so yeah. you can you can also bring goods to the show for yes. donation yes you can okay any kind of yeah. uh dog cat they have all kinds of animals at animal shelter <laughs> they have yeah. rabbits and all that stuff yeah. so anything that could uh, potentially benefit an animal in need you can bring that to the show and it will be accepted mm-hmm. and nice. go to the right spot you can yes. rest assured it will be yeah. going to a good spot so yeah so a bunch of rad bands yeah helping mm-hmm. animals all different types of genres too so yeah that's one thing if you're not a fan of our music you may be a fan of another band yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. Abamel is deathcore. Yeah. Levels is kind of metal metalcore, gent, new metal. Anchor Any- the Appetite's really pop, rock, punk, pop. Same with Any Given Room, I think. Yeah. 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 So y- y- wide variety there. Pop yeah. punk. And it's at Vino's. You can get some sweet pizza and some beer and yeah. just have a good time. Come support Vino's at the least. You know, it's a local business. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to be there for sure. Sweet. We're gonna come uh, hang out, see everyone. Yeah, we're have excited a good to time. see you. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. Will that be the first time you're seeing Levels? Yeah. Okay. Live. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Yeah, we're excited too. Yeah, I've uh, yeah, I've been uh, so yeah, I didn't find out about you guys until uh, actually just before Jake and Rob came mm-hmm. because um, of me. She. Yeah. Uh, Jake yeah. told us about that. Yeah, I went yeah. to karaoke with. Him and his girlfriend. Oh, they yeah. kill yeah. it at karaoke. They're he all didn't want to sing. He didn't want to sing that night. He was what? very anti-singing. What? Yeah. No, Which is crazy as a guy who sings, right? Yeah. 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 They were <laughs> last time I saw them, they were killing it. Yeah. We were at, at that Tennessee place. whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. At that place in um Mom L, actually. Yeah, Jimmy Ray's. Jimmy Ray's. Jimmy Ray's. We've been there before, too. Yep. <laughs> that place it's something. Is, uh, we were there. 
they were doing what God. pajama night well, yeah and they we were like making pulled breakfast. up and people were wearing slippers and we were like what's going yeah, on we were here like, oh, <laughs> yeah they have some good pool tables there needless yeah. to say we did not fit in at the time yeah uh, but it, it we had a lot of fun it was a good yep. time it's all yeah. it's about it's a good show uh but yeah we'll be there punks for paws saturday it's gonna be good i'm i'm pretty stoked about it and helping animals you can't yeah. get wrong with that yeah right? it's a way to go yep yes it is so yeah come out have a good time and uh yeah it'll be good but thanks for being here you guys yeah thanks for course. coming yeah thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us i'm i'm very very stoked about getting this out i'm very stoked about saturday uh i'm just stoked in general yes there's there's one more thing i wanted to say yeah um january 17th we're releasing our new single called encapsulate nice um it's produced by the same person who produced fade, fade. Uh, jeff dune and yeah we're really really stoked about this track we put a lot into it uh like i said we we pulled a lot of people from all over the country to work on this song so we're really excited to get it out there um it'll be on spotify itunes amazon all those places so january 17th yeah mm-hmm. when uh you guys writing uh anything for an album or an ep or you just hitting these singles we are we are working on yeah. we were talking about Something. this on the way down to florida um it's either going to be a three or five song ep we haven't quite decided yet but we do have some songs in the works and uh some some more announcements to make we have a tour announcement coming up that's going to be really big yeah, that it's was my a, next question it's very was... it's uh it's something you don't we've... see it too often on tour flyers for bands around here yeah i, I can't think of anybody who's no from here that's done that other than like you know the big big guys like evanescence or whatever yeah yeah uh nice. we'll see nothing nothing overseas nothing overseas but definitely gonna be exploring some new territories yeah we've never been before so we're really excited yeah. nice yeah. looking forward to that yeah you know uh when we're gonna hear about that or are you still in, under wraps on that it, it should be released around the same time as the single okay. so mm-hmm. on the 17th yeah um great we'll, excitement yeah yes. we're, we're getting the flyer yeah. worked out right now and um getting some dates finalized but yeah it'll be it'll be out soon and we're going nice. it's happening yeah looking forward to it cool looking forward to saturday january yes. 11th eight dollars in advance get a hold of these guys at levels get your tickets ten dollars at the door if they have tickets left get them while you can starts at seven thirty. uh is when the door is open come check them out come have a good time uh come see us we'll be there for sure uh and come help some animals it's the most important part right yes yes thank you guys thank you thanks see you guys later